putting it not in a way, hey, do what Wade does or do what Matt does. Do what's your next journey. How do you optimize that using biohectology, lifestyle stuff, the right supplementation, the right detoxification pathways, all of that. And then to inspire people that whatever age they might be, wherever they might be on that continuum of their health, is that, yeah, there's still time to live your best life in this moment. You can't you can't change the past, but you can change your relation to the past and what that means as you move forward into, yeah. into, a, into a, what I call healthy aging, living your best life as you age so that you can share those insights, both the things that worked and the things that didn't to help make it a little better for you know the generations to come in your intimate environment and even on a more grander scale. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, Paul welcomes back Wade Lightheart to talk about science, health, and spirit. Wade is a three-time Canadian natural bodybuilding champion and former Mr. Universe competitor. He is a world-renowned authority on natural nutrition and training methods and has authored numerous books on health, nutrition, and exercise, which have sold in over 80 countries. In addition to writing, coaching, and presenting, Wade is the host of the Awesome Health Podcast and the co-founder and president of Bioptimizers. Keep listening to the end of the podcast for a special offer from Wade and our podcast sponsor, Bioptimizers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Your opinions matter and your ratings help us to grow and help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind, and to live their dreams. A big thank you to all our sponsors, Bioptimizers, Paleo Valley, and Organifi. Their support is essential in producing this podcast, and we hope you will show your support by visiting them online and trying all the amazing products they produce. And now here are Paul and Wade Lightheart. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, I've got my buddy, Wade Lightheart, with us again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Wade. Great to be here, as always. Thanks. We're going to talk about science, health, and spirit. Our first topic we're going to talk about today is biohacking, healthy aging, genetics, epigenetics, and a spiritual perspective. So I think we're going to cover all three of those science, health, and spirit right there. Well, it's interesting right now, there seems to be a considerable amount of interest in the longevity conversation. And, and, and there's two aspects of longevity. There's, okay, the length of life. And then there's the quality of life. Yes. There's two things that are very interesting. One, I think, in the biohacking space that I've observed is essentially a a pursuit of longevity out of a fear of death. Absolutely, yes. And then there is the pursuit of longevity from, you know, how functional I can be as I age and pass on that wisdom to others, because essentially none of us know you know, when, when we're going to make our exit. No. So I, I try to blend both sides of that equation. I think there's a lot of great research coming out of the longevity side. And I, I've been looking at the various biohackers and, you know, some of them are saying, I'm going to live to be 150 and 180. And maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I do believe it's realistic to approach aging from saying, I can probably, using all the technology that's out there, live a fairly functional life to a hundred, I always say to live healthy to a hundred and beyond. At a hundred, maybe we can reassess if I make it that far. Yeah. And so the pursuit that I look at uh, the longevity equation from as, you know, as a 
person who has a, a deep spiritual practice and, and wants to pass on whatever I learn to whoever's interested in it. But also, I have to function in the world as a, you know, as a president of a, you know, a, a natural health company who provides supplements and education in combination. And supplements are only valuable if you understand how to utilize them inside of a holistic program. And you know all about that. That's what you've yeah. been advocating for years. Yes. I'm very interested in some of the work that Peter Atia has been advocating recently. And he did a great project recently that I was really impressed with. He, he looked at the longevity equation and he said, well, okay, here's my perspective age. And he figures he's going to get maybe in his 80s, sometime 80 to 90 is a good result. And he's, he's cross-correlating that with risk factors and data from insurance companies and then putting a biohacker. It's like, well, where's my, you know, what's my muscle mass? What's my cardiovascular? And what's very interesting, because I came from the high-performance background as an athlete, that's more for maximization of performance, which oftentimes compromises your long-term health. Yeah. And every athlete is eventually lent, you know, ends their career because they can't physically do something and often have some compounding issues long-term. Yeah. And the smart ones seem to start to evolve to this holistic model. Yeah. But one of the things that he identified was really powerful, he, and he drew a chart about here's my perspective age. And he goes, he, he looks at that model, what's my ten ye- last 10 years of life going to look like and mm-hmm. how can I function? And when it came to cardiovascular health, which he's, a, I think, a world-class expert in as one of the identifying factors as you age and also to have good cognitive function, he said, well, draw that chart out. And this is an importance and relevance factor. And he said, then he took his kids and his grandkids, and he wrote them out in a chart, and he looked at his age, his kids' age, and his grandchildren' age. And he said, when you start looking at that last 10 years, wherever that lands, okay, yeah, you might live a little better for yourself or be healthier, but what is the potential impact you can have from that second and third generation? Mm -hmm. And it also made me think of uh, native culture, of course, it's quite common in native culture. They talk about the seven generations yes. before and the seven generations after. And I thought, well, how would they come to that conclusion? And I thought, well, it's highly likely that the elders inside of a tribe would actually see the seventh generation kids in physical form. Yeah. That's a great model to look at. And so, what I've built for myself and I'm hoping to convert this into an algorithm that's going to go concordant with our book that's coming out this fall, is to look at what are the particular elements that are contributing to a longevity profile? You know, what's your mitochondrial health? What's your muscle mass? What's your uh, cardiovascular health? How do you manage blood sugar? What's your detoxification pathway? So you can imagine those down a, a left axis. Yeah. And then moving to the right side of the curve is okay, let's look at your genetics and how I'm adapting my dietary lifestyle around that. What is my gifts that come easily? And then what are the obstacles or challenges that I might have? And how do I offset my challenges and enhance my, my um, strengths over the course of time? And I can use, you know, starting with genetics and then your lifestyle components, what's your exercise profile, your dietary profiles, how you're supplementing for, you know, risk factors and things like that. And then how do you incorporate biohacking, detoxification and regeneration techniques that are kind of make up the biohacking world. So for me, it's about blending those, but maintaining um, my spiritual center, doing that, that I don't get lost in just making what I call spreadsheet logic. 
Yeah, or shortcuts. Constant, you know, so much of biohacking is shortcutting. And that's not, you know, I, I, I tell people, I don't use the word biohacking. I call, I call what I do bioharmonizing. Yeah. You know, hacking anything is always an injury. I've, I, that's one of the reasons why we came up with uh, Bioptimizers as our company. Because we're looking at what is the, how do I optimize the biology I have? Yeah. And in having given time on that spectrum, well, some people have been doing like, you know, your kids are, are integrated right from birth. Yeah. But a lot of people that are coming to this equation are 40, 50, 60 years old. They're already compromised. Yeah. So then how do I take that person right here as they are now? Look at this profile and say, okay, we're going to spend three to six months on this. We're going to spend another five months on this. And then each time we go through those assessments, we then try and address maybe the big inflammatory factor or the thing that could potentially take them out so that you can have a high quality of life, good range of motion, uh, be physically and cognitively fit so that you can uh, share uh, the valuable life experience with the next generation and the subsequent generations. And so mm-hmm. that's the overarching principle that um, we're addressing from our company with our new book and how people can get outside of uh, a tribalistic mentality of like, this is the only way. And, you know, everyone's always fascinated that Matt, my business partner, he's a, you know, keto a keto type diet does very well for him. I'm on a plant-based side. It does very well for me. But each of those diets have limitations. Mm-hmm. And our opposite, uh, almost polar opposite ways of addressing this equation, we see that as a strength, not as a weakness. Because I learn stuff from him, he learns from me, and then there's other people who are in between us and follow a different path. And so it's like, let's learn those elements, not in a condemnative way, but in, a, in an integrated way. As, well, what can I learn from the keto people? What can I learn from the paleo people? What can I learn from this person and that person? And try and uh, resolve that because I never know who's going to be in front of me. And the element that may be you know, detrimental to me is the absolute thing that they need. And I, I got to try and remove my own biases from yeah. that. And treat the soul who's having a physical Experience, incarnation yeah. without my own personal judgment or opinion to cloud my uh, commitment to service them as an individual. So that's kind of how I, I look at the whole thing. And uh, Matt and I have been working on this book for, well, the genesis of it has been over 20 years, but it, you know we've worked on it the last two years to kind of give a, a definitive step-by-step guide for people to help use modern science, modern technology, you know, genetic tests, hormone tests, blood tests, all these things that are available to us now that um, you know, primarily we're in the realm of your GP or your doctor and what their methodology is, is to kind of hyper-specialize and give you an, an, a, an increasingly narrow sliver of the truth. And we're kind of inverting that, saying we're, we're trying to expand so you get a broader amount of inputs to get a more uh, clear picture in the end. It's kind of like adding pixels to a, uh, a digital screen. You, the yeah. hot, more pixels that you have, the higher resolution that you have in your yeah. judgments, your p- positions in what you're doing. And then also... Um, being able to have that kind of spiritual Zen space is like, well, I'm still open because at some point in time, perhaps it, it comes to a point where I have to start embracing uh, eating animal proteins. Yeah, Maybe that happens at some point in my life. Maybe there's some element, and if I'm completely shut off from all of these ideas... It's death by idea then. Exactly. And, and that seems to be a common practice that happens to people. You see it all the time. People come in and they're 
you know, they've, they've had this thing that's worked for them for 40 years and 50 years and it's not working anymore. And they're like, but they're resistant to leaving that behind. And that's always the challenge, I think, to, to be able to have that beginner's mind all the time and, and being able to integrate all the wonderful things that are happening in, in, uh, in, in the world of, uh, what I'd say unmitigated science. And that's a whole other topic that we can get into, like what's mitigated science and what's real science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently we've been subjected to this whole narrative. Well, the science is settled. Well, that statement in itself is, is, anti-scientific. is, is anti-science because <laughs> if you understand that a little bit about the scientific method, it's like you're continually, you recognize that whatever conclusion you have is, is not the absolute truth. It's a working model. And you're continually trying to disprove that's what's your your model that you've built because you know that it's not a full vision of the model. Yeah, and uh, that to me is uh, what we've engaged in by optimizers, and we've got a great facility um, in Bosnia with some very smart and committed uh, individuals in a in a private university who are doing our research and science to help us uh, formulate better products, better ideas, and to be able to prove. Um, their efficacy. And so that's been a a long-term game. We're excited to share our our discoveries uh, to the general public. You know, one of your things there is epigenetics. And I think one of the critical epigenetic factors that is weighing in pretty damn heavily right now and is probably an X factor in anyone's genetic and other calculations for age, such as the guy you were talking about. And that's the toxicity in the environment. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, with all the chemtrails and you know endless ream you know god the amount of pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and rodenticides you know as i've shared before only four to six percent of all the food eaten in the world is grown organically means that 96 percent to 94 percent of everything eaten even by people that call themselves health health experts like the, I've never met a, a vegan or a vegetarian yet. Maybe you that eats that goes out of their way to eat 100 percent organic. Mm-hmm. Most of them haven't even thought of that aspect of it. Yep. So when you start looking at all the vaccines, not even the COVID vaccines, just vaccines in general, they've got mercury in them, they got aluminum, they got many other toxic ingredients in them. Um, the COVID vaccines have turned out to be exquisitely toxic and they're still doing a lot of research on protocols to get that out of people's bodies. So, you know, when you start adding up all these factors, um, just the toxicity alone and, and considering that, you know, most people won't take the effort or don't even have the knowledge to know how to detoxify themselves. And as you know, there's a lot of different levels of detoxification detoxification from general to liver specific kidney specific uh, gallbladder flushes um, fasting approaches which is more of a global approach to you know various things to flush uh, you know you got your intestinal detox you got you know things that focus on the upper intestine the lower intestine uh, the sigmoid like such as enemas, there's so many different approaches that it, it because it's then you got heavy metal detox, you got you know you got all these different chemicals that get trapped in the body. Uh, I remember once I had a lady who was a, a politician come to me. I ran an environmental 
um, toxic and a global like a general environmental toxicity panel it looks for like 155 different chemicals that are commonly in the environment and when the report came back and i saw the chemicals that she had high levels of it turned out that they were the chemicals most commonly used in women's makeup so then i had her bring her makeup in and sure enough all the toxins that she was high in was right in her makeup so I had to switch her to an organic makeup company, but that was the one key thing that no doctor or therapist had identified. And so she kept poisoning herself every day. And all you got to do is walk into a hair salon, the smell in there is enough to make you sick. It was just as toxic as hell, most of these places. So the key point I'm making is I think, you know, here everybody's, when I say everybody, I mean it stereotypically that's on this anti-aging kick is looking for all these tactics and techniques, but I don't think people realize um, in order for us to do anti-aging properly, we've all got to do it together because we've got to start cleaning up the environment and start regulating all these major corporations. I mean, the water is poison. I saw Children's Health Defense a few months ago, and it was uh, based on blood tests of newborn infants. And the average infant tested at 129 levels of chemicals that were not only not supposed to be in the body, but were at highly toxic levels. 129 chemicals in a newborn. That's pretty serious shit. So point being is imagine if that kid gets into an anti-aging kick, but it doesn't realize that all the hacks and, you know, diet approaches and whatever else you want to throw into the mix, they don't realize they got a ticking time bomb inside of them. When I first got aware of toxicity was when my sister was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, she had Hodgkin's disease, cancer of the lymph nodes. And of course, the lymphatic system is three and a half times the blood system. And go find any information in a medical journal about how that works. It's very hard to, yeah. to get any kind of access to it. And there's been various individuals throughout history who've kind of addressed it. Vodder. Have you ever heard of Dr. Vodder? Yeah. I studied their manual lymphatic drainage in massage school. I have their books in the library here. And so one of the things that I think people can look at... Uh, when they first get started is to look at how well their detox pathways function to begin with. There's genetic predispositions, uh, both holistically and then individual organ wise. And you can kind of, if you're well aware, you can kind of tune in, okay, I, I ate this or I did this, or I was in this environment. And I felt a swelling in my lymph nodes or, you know, or some people will see a distended stomach or whatever it happens to be. Someone who's trained, I'd say grew up pre-digital yeah. when you had to kind of make self-assessments and become <laughs> tuned in. Now yeah. people are relying on data mm -hmm. or d devices or information. But again, I think you you pointed something out very well is is understanding the detoxification pathways. And it also, let's be clear, this wasn't a traditional vaccine. This is this is something that is interacting and mutating your genetics. Yeah. So we don't know what the potential complications or contraindications are going to be 5, 10, 15 years down the road. And we are starting to see the early signs of strange things emerging from mm -hmm. what's, what's occurred over the last couple of years. So it's paramount for us who are still, you know, still here and, and trying to advocate the highest level of quality health for people to 
consider these things as part of their overall. So yes, okay, it's great. I have great cardiovascular health or I have great muscle mass or my blood sugar regulation. But if you don't have your detox pathways uh, in order, you are going to run into complications. And then also continually monitoring what might be happening from the potential mutations of what people have taken. That's, yeah. that's I don't know how that's going to span out over time. Scientists in New Zealand went right into a cafeteria school, like a, a typical school, and went right in the line and just took the food just like the kids did, then took it to the lab. They found 19 pesticides in it. But one of the things that the researchers looked into is, one, they pointed out that all these chemicals are tested in isolation. So when they give you what they call the safe dose, which is usually in parts per million, they're only testing that one chemical. But what they never look at is, you know, you can have 40 or 50 of them on any given meal, depending on where you bought your food and where where the food came from. Um, you take grains, they spray grains sometimes 10 to 12 times in the warehouse to keep the bugs from eating them before they even get to your plate, plus what was put on the field and the soil. But the point that they made Whenever these things, these pesticides are combined, like in an oven, be it microwave or any other oven, with heat, that they recombine to create new chemicals that have never been seen before. The point I'm making is, is there's such a crapshoot. Like, we really don't even know what we're doing to ourselves with all this stuff because we keep looking at this isolated science and they say, okay, this is the safe limit of this. Yeah, but what, is that, what happens when that combines with three other pesticides and what's the safe level then? You know, Without a long ado, the research on water shows that water has, uh, you know, pretty much an, an endless memory of whatever it comes into contact with. So you, even if you could filter all the fluoride out of fluoride out of water, you you can find research showing that they can measure the electromagnetic signature of of the fluoride or any other chemical, and even after there's not a single trace of any atoms in it, they can actually still pick up the same signature. And energy medicine shows beyond a shadow of a doubt you can make you can take the electronic signature of a given chemical, imprint it into water, give it to the body, and the body reacts exactly like that chemical or drugs in the body. So the point I'm making is even, even once we've figured out a way to filter some of these things out, we can't get it out of the water. So we're, we're kind of, um, we're, <laughs> we're better at the accelerated aging than we are the anti-aging because people don't really actually realize what it takes to really legitimately create an optimal environment for aging, let alone, you know, a long lifetime, because you can't do it in a bubble, right? We, we live in this, and, you know, one of the problems, it doesn't matter if you have an organic farm or a biodynamic farm, there's so much shit blowing around the world now. It's raining chemicals on your land. There's lots of farms in the area that have fence signs on their fence. Do not spray chemicals in this area because there's so much overspray from people doing things with crop dusters and putting Roundup on crops and it just blows into their fields and contaminates their crops. And, you know, I've had many students say to me, oh, why should I even eat organic? Because there's no such thing as organic with all these chemicals. I see it's, it's, it's a, a gradient of clean. That's right. Yes. You know, so organic just means the cleanest you can get in the environment that we're in, but it's still a million times better than anything else. And that's, that's where uh, I think uh, maintaining one's spiritual center is that I'm going to do everything within my uh, possible awareness level yes. to stack the deck in my favor. 
and recognize that I don't want to become hyper paranoid about everything either because that's very detrimental as well. Yeah. Yeah, You stress yourself out and overtax the system or get analysis paralysis, or you become contemptuous of everyone who's advocating anything. And that's, I think most health practitioners who really dive, you, you go through a phase where it almost seems hopeless or you become contemptuous and then you have to rec- you have to pull back from that and say, okay, well, let's do the best next thing I can do and continue on that continuum. And, but the cool thing is, is there, there is as much as there's a lot of detrimental things to health and vitality and, and a great life in the world. There's also, uh, you know, like podcasts like this, we're now connected and can share the great things that are available to people. And, and of course I like staying on, as much on that side of the equation, I'm aware of the, the challenges, I'm cognizant uh, of them, but I'm going to continue doing the best that I can and, and amazing things happen for that intention. It opens up people, places, things, items, and maybe we'll touch on some of that today in, in our book that's coming out uh, in the fall. Yeah. You know, I think if you think of a, a balance beam scale where you got one pan on the left and one pan on the right, and then you got the balance beam in the middle that's, you know, holding the balance of the two, I think on one side you have just ignorance and lack of participation. In other words, not even knowing, not even paying attention to what your body responds to and what it likes and doesn't like, and thinking that because you're constipated or you're sick all the time, that it's some kind of a medical problem. <laughs> you know, don't, don't even make the connection to your diet and lifestyle. On the other side, you have fanaticism, you know, yes. where people that are just like, you know, what a diet fanaticism's like. It's like religious fanaticism. It's the same disease, right? And that, to me, that uh, becomes, for those people, such a rigid, controlling lifestyle that it's, it's very conceivable that a person can get control fatigue because they're constantly uh, holding themselves to such a high standard. And part of that problem is that the standard is usually something written on a piece of paper. And the reality is the body is not, uh, you know, it's not a formula. It's not an algorithm. It's a living dynamic process. And so somewhere between ignorance and non-participation and fanaticism is where I like to live. And that is, yeah, I eat the best I can eat wherever I go. I drink the best water I can find wherever I go. And if it turns out that the best thing I can do in a given situation is choose the best of what's available, then that's fine too. Um, but my habits are strong enough to outweigh the circumstances of these of, of these occasional things. And giving yourself permission to you know, enjoy whatever it is that you like to enjoy, some wine, some pot, um, you know, some chocolate, some coffee, whatever, but just sort of be honest with yourself about when you're tipping the scale too far to one side, because, you know, even if you think you know what you're doing, but you're going against your own philosophy, then you're acting like you're ignorant and walking around telling everybody else why they eat wrong, you know? So I think really it's, it's really, I, I think the best way to go is instead of telling yourself you're going to live till you're 180 or 200 or whatever your story is, just say, I'm going to do my best to live the longest I can and I'm going to not make it more stressful on my body than it needs to be, yet I'm not going to be so rigid that I create a lot of stress for myself by trying to eat so clean based on some ideology, which often takes you out of the experience because 
many people have an ideology, but it's very exclusive to the very things their body needs, whether it be fat, meat, uh, etc. You know, absolutely. It's, just uh, a, it's a pretty tricky problem that people have created for themselves. All that can be solved by just standing in the middle. Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. I imagine you know that magnesium is one of the minerals that people in North America are the most efficient in, but it's an extremely important mineral to have in your diet regularly. And believe it or not, Bioptimizers has improved what was already well known to be the best magnesium formula out there called Magnesium Breakthrough. So I've got Wade Lightheart with me to explain what it is they've done to improve this already excellent formula. Wade, what is new about your new Mag Breakthrough formula? Well, it's called sucrosomial magnesium. So we have seven different types of magnesium in Magnesium Breakthrough because they're uptaken by different parts of the body. But a new type of magnesium has been created called sucrosomial. And what it shows in the research and science is that it's actually even more absorbable by the body, particularly inside of the brain, which is a big aspect uh, to enhance neurotransmitter formation, as well as ensuring the rest and relax response in the nervous system that a lot of people will take magnesium for. They find it, you know, clocks them down, helps them sleep better, allows for the relaxation of striated and smooth muscle tissue in the body, which creates an energetic relief. And so when we added sucrosomial, we were able to demonstrate inside our lab facility that we were able to get better improvements. Of course, we have a partnership with the Birch International University. We have some patents we're working on, uh, which will kind of relay some of these things. But sucrosomial was a no-brainer when we added to the formula, improved the results or improved the uptake. And the reports back from our testing team were like, wow, this we get more results with less caps. And that's always the goal for our company. That's excellent. I love it. I, I always say, and people have probably heard me say it before, I just am so amazed how you guys are constantly and always improving and working your best to not only make better products for us, but it doesn't seem to me that it gets more expensive as you make them better. So that's a real gift to the world. Thank you. Where can people get their new magnesium breakthrough formula? All you need to do is go to www.magbreakthrough.com slash living4d. Put in Paul 10, get 10% discount on your first bottle. And of course, if you order multiple bottles, you can get an extensive discount on that as well. And like everything else we sell, 365-day money-back guarantee. If this isn't the best magnesium you've ever taken in your life, we demand that you tell us and we can give you your money back. But I think you're probably going to demand, hey, can I get more of this? <laughs> that, that's probably more the truth. So that's mag, M-A-G, breakthrough.com forward slash living number four. And then the letter D, code Paul 10. Enjoy deeper relaxation and better nutrition with Mag Breakthrough. I'm curious, just to ask you, like, how, what's your approach specifically on how you maintain that balance? You know, I'm, your whole philosophy is continually evolving over time. How, how do you hold that position um, as, you know, for yourself, but also as a teacher and an advocate? The first thing I do with all my patients is I have them fill out a 10-day diet and exercise log, and it includes um, bowel movements, what do you see, What? how does it smell, describe the bowel movement, urine, uh, are you peeing, how often are you peeing, 
How dark is it? What does it smell like? You know, give me some read on that. Um, what time do you go to bed? What's the quality of your sleep? What time do you wake up? What are you doing for exercise each day? Write it down so I know exactly what it was and for how long. Write down everything you eat, everything you drink. So I have a pretty comprehensive 10-day um, log. And so while they're doing this, they're also writing down any symptoms that they might be having from headaches to joint pain to digestive troubles or whatever. So I'm always correlating the intake of, let's say, grains or grain-based products and any symptom and what time of day and where it is over the span of that 10 days. Because I find 10 days gives me enough of a window to start to see a pattern emerge. And so ultimately what I do is I teach people to start writing everything down and usually it's the first time in their life they've they've written down what they've eaten and drank and how their body's performing from urine to feces to exercise to sleep quality to mental clarity uh cognitive performance how long can you last between meals without feeling like you got a snack and and those types of questions and so many people for the first time are actually going oh my god look at that every time I ate chicken Within an hour, I get a headache. Maybe I need to stop eating chicken for a while. You know, it's re- it's remarkable that you do that because uh, I started doing that way back in 1998 when I was being coached by my bodybuilding coach uh, Scott Abel, and that was the first thing we got to do ten days. And he started to educate me to pay attention to the biofeedback, and I did that with all the subsequent clients clients I've dealt with over the years since that time, and. Th- Here's it. I invite anyone listening to just do that to start without yeah. you don't need any tech to, in order to monitor that. And almost pretty much every time, perf- when you ask the person, you know, we're having a conversation, and say, Well, how do you eat? Oh, I eat pretty good. And then, and then they, and you go, Okay, we'll do this 10 days. And then they come back after 10 days and they go, um, I discovered that I don't eat as good as I thought I did. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's a very interesting aspect within the human psychology that kind of cognitively overlooks things that might be detrimental to you. And it just kind of, what do you, what do you, what is that? Do you think that there's a, this is automatic bypass that seems to be active unless you're cognitively aware of it? I think, my observation of countless people with that is that they're coping mechanisms. So, um, you know, if somebody, for example, isn't getting enough sleep because maybe they're in a job that they don't really enjoy, so the only way they can really feel like they're starting to have some freedom is to come home and drink some alcohol and then watch TV till midnight because mm-hmm. now they get to do something just for them or they have to wait till the kids are in bed. Mm-hmm. So what you find is, it, I've seen this a million times in my clinical practice, is a lot of people are going to bed midnight, you know, very commonly. So they're already two hours into the restorative cycle because, you know, from my tracking of the hormones, it, it, your anabolic cycle starts at 10 p.m., the first four hours, the body focuses on physical regeneration. Then the next four hours, it focuses on psychogenic or neurological brain and psychogenic uh, um, restoration. So I can see the pattern between when they're not getting to bed and what kinds of problems they're having. For example, new mothers and shift workers often have things like headaches and neurological complications because they're not going to bed sometimes till six o'clock in the morning. 
right? So they're skipping their whole uh, neurogenic cycle. And athletes that are getting to bed at midnight are losing the first two hours of physical regeneration because the body will only focus on the physical regeneration for that four-hour period Then, because it switches. And you can also study the Chinese medicine 24-hour qi cycle and see exactly what organs the qi flows into and focuses on healing in a 24-hour cycle. So when I'm looking at symptoms, I'm always asking them, tell me what time of day you got these symptoms. And I correlate that and I see, for example... Problems 1 to 3 a.m., I go, look, that's the liver time. So yeah. I already know you got symptoms, you got rashes on your skin, you got uh, dark circles, allergic shiners under your eyes. Uh, you know, what are you eating when you're getting that? So, you know, classic things is pasteurized dairy does that to a lot of people. And so I can look at those things. But the point I'm making is most people don't want to confront the fact that they're using foods as coping mechanisms, just like alcoholics use alcohol and drug addicts use drugs. I mean, you know, food's very powerful stuff and people are just so acclimatized to it, they don't realize it. But, you you know, who wants to uh, confront the fact that their Oreo cookies or their oatmeal cookies or their ice cream or whatever is actually part of their problem because then they feel like they got nothing to make life exciting anymore. So my my biggest number one factor is is that whenever someone's not looking at what I think is obvious, you got a coping mechanism going on, mm-hmm. and it's usually because they're living a life that isn't fulfilling. So yeah. they're they're trying to do it through food and drugs and alcohol and entertainment. The sleep cycle is a uh, really important. I know uh, as a company, we've spent a lot of research on. We've developed a number of sleep products and. It's it's amazing. Uh, we were at the biohacking conference uh, last year. We're getting ready to go here to Florida in a couple of weeks, uh, Dave Asprey's event. And my business partner, Matt, was giving a talk on sleep. And Matt was one of those individuals that he really struggled with his sleep cycle. And I have attended hundreds and hundreds of lectures. I don't even know. It's probably in the thousands of lectures that I've attended. And in the room, when he gave that lecture, I've never seen a more attentive crowd with more questions around sleep. So sleep disruption is something that is really a big factor that doesn't always show up or people understand the the elements that are disrupting their sleep. You talked about the timing. And one of the strategies that I do when I travel, for example, I always fast when I'm on planes and I I try to eat at the times that I would be normally eating in my original time zone, especially if I'm in a in a in a in a you know five six seven hours difference. I try to eat, and I eat much less when I travel, mm-hmm. just to mitigate the kind of the the sleep cycle weirdness, and yeah. that's very disruptive. And that that's been a way to mitigate. But what are some other elements other than the timing of sleep? I'm curious that you discover that are disruptive to that sleep pattern. You know, honestly, there's so many of them. Um, some of the most common ones are anything that'll kick your cortisol levels up. So if you look at, for example, go to any restaurant at any time of the night, what's the most common pe- thing people drink right after they finish a meal? Coffee. Yeah. They have coffee at fucking nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Okay. And the half-life of caffeine is something like uh, 110 minutes, I think, if I remember right. Um the half-life on cortisol is way up there too. Uh, 
So you take, you know, 200 milligrams of caffeine in, and several hours later, you still got half of it running around in your system. Several hours later, it's almost time to get up, and you still got a quarter of it running around your system, and you've completely and utterly repressed the release of melatonin, so you never went into an anabolic cycle. Uh, if you eat sugar or anything that raises your blood sugar up, it'll trigger a adrenaline and cortisol release because when the blood sugar goes up too high, you got to release insulin, then the insulin knocks all the sugar out, then you're low sugar, so you release cortisol to try to you know, sacrifice some of your gluconeogenesis to bring your blood sugar back up. I mean, they go on this roller coaster ride. Um, the lighting, people are exposed to, you know, bright lights at night. Uh, television, they're not wearing blue blockers. The blue light, as you know, is stimulating to the body and again, releases cortisol. I mean, I've noticed this a thousand times. If I'm watching like a an action movie, especially today, because they're imprinting so much um, so much information fields in there and subliminal messaging, but you get something that gets you jack, jacked up before bed and it's hard to go to sleep and you often find yourself, I find myself having dreams that are mirroring the movie. So if you're having dreams that are really intense action flick type movies, it wakes you up and you're, you're buzzed out. Um, then you got medical drugs that have a lot of side effects that disrupt sleep. Um, <clears throat> you got things that are poisoning the body that are triggering an inflammatory process. And again, elevating cortisol, you've got people that are eating things that they have intolerances to and allergies to, uh, all the time, which is again, triggering, uh, cortisol and immune activity and inflammation in the body. Um, You've got people that don't have uh, good soundproofing in their room. You've got electromagnetic pollution out the Yazoo. Hardly anybody realizes that the, just their internet routers is enough to completely jack them up. I mean, when I hurt my neck, I couldn't sleep at all. I mean, I was just messed. I, I would flip o roll over so many times within three months, I'd wear a hole right through a brand new 200 count, like $40 sheet, you know? And it dawned on me one day, I don't know why it took me so long, but I said to Penny, I, you know, I said, are you shutting the router off at night? And she said, no. I said, shit, we got to unplug the router. Maybe that's what's bothering my neck so much. The first night she unplugged that router was the first night I had had a decent sleep in a long time. And I didn't roll over constantly. I didn't wake up with my fingers and arms going numb. It was like God came to rescue me, and then from that day on, I was exquisitely aware of when any electromagnetic frequencies were around because it would make my neck ache like hell. And so, and, and yet the so-called scientists would tell you that that's not possible, that's not ionizing radiation, blah, 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 it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then when they brought 5G to where we lived before we moved here, I'll never forget it. I mean, I used to come down from the Heaven House where you've been. Yep. You know, you drive down to the yep. freeway. You're coming down that big mountain. As I was going down and approaching I-5, it was like I would drive into a fog of electromagnetic pollution. And all of a sudden, I look on my phone and it says 5G. Yep. And I could feel my neck just winding up and my body winding up. And I couldn't sleep for shit when they put that stuff in. Now, we, we did get a biogeometry home kit, which helped calm it down a lot but I could still feel like if I would walk outside, it was like I was walking into an electric smog, like you're close to a high tension wire and everything's kind of buzzing. Okay, so then you got uh, 
mental emotional stress, relationship stress, um, environmental toxicity, um, the outgassing, a new carpet in a house will outgas 138 toxic chemicals for a year. A new car outgasses 68,000 chemicals for the first year, many of which are carcinogenic. Carcinogenic. You got paints, you got formaldehydes and glues in houses. So, I mean, I'm just giving you an example of all the things that fuck people's sleep cycles up and they're not even paying attention to it. Um, you know, I've had people that were so bad and I tracked it that their sleep deprivation started happening right when they bought a new house. So I say, I want you to go find a place to go on vacation that has a log cabin or something that's been around for a long time. So the chemicals have outgassed. I mean, almost every time they say, geez, I don't know why, but I can sleep beautifully. Well, it's because you're living in a toxic Molotov cocktail that's triggering adrenal re reactions and, and cortisol increases and immune reactions, you know, and, and then you've got people that eat a lot of food before bed and they got leaky gut syndrome. So they're bringing in all sorts of molecules that are passing through the small intestine into the portal vein, which is then activating their immune system. So they're waking up at night hot and sweaty and they can't sleep because their immune system's going like crazy. And they're going to bed with a full stomach so their glands and organs don't get any rest all night. So they wake up tired all the time. You know, that's enough right there to just kill. Then you got people that are showering and bathing in chlorinated water. And they forget if it's on your skin, you're drinking it. You know, but you can't drink 50 gallons of bath water a day, but you can sit in it, right? The point is, if you drank a gallon of chlorinated water a day, you'd get the chlorine in one gallon of water. But if you're taking a bath in chlorinated water and you're in 50 gallons of water, it's going right through your skin. So you, um, David Getoff says 60% of the chlorine in water will pass through your skin into your body. Okay, well, if you're in 50 gallons of chlorinated water and 60% of it, that's a freaking lot of chlorine going into your body. I mean, I've literally worked with elite level swimmers whose skin changed color. Their hair was so brittle, it would just snap off. And they actually had started to get like a bluish tinge to their skin. And they smelled like a swimming pool. They could never, ever wash it off, right? So people like that can't sleep. So you get an athlete like that. This is the kind of stuff I've had to look at my whole career. Why, why do these people have these long-term chronic injuries? The liver reflexes to the right shoulder and the stomach reflexes to the left shoulder. So countless times I've had athletes with chronic intractable rotator cuff problems and pain and shoulder timing problems because their rotator cuff and scapulothoracic muscles are out of time. They're not working together. But people forget every one of your organs has viscerosomatic reflexes to muscles. So if, there's, if the organ's getting overstimulated, it takes all the excess energy and dumps it into the muscles that share a neurological connection with it. The classic example being, we all know that when someone's going to have a heart attack, they're starting to get the symptoms of a heart attack. Nobody says my heart hurts, but they have pain in their left shoulder and arm. Okay, so the pain, that's because the heart borrows its sensory nerve endings through the sympathetic system from the same neurons that feed the chest, the left shoulder, and the left arm. So the heart broadcasts its pain into the periphery of the body because that's where it gets its sensory neurons from. So the same thing happens. You have a visceromotor action. Which, and so what happens if each gland and organ has a range, a frequency range, just like you can't take a, a, your razor to England 
from the United States and plug it in the wall at 240, it'll fry it in about three seconds, right? So each organ has a frequency range, which is why I got books that map all this right out. So if you drink caffeine and it winds your liver up, for example, and it overexcites the liver, remember disease means dis-ease, right? So when the liver starts, the cells of the liver start going too fast, it's actually threatening the survival of the organs. So the liver takes that excess energy and pumps it into the muscles of the right shoulder because it gets its sensory uh, neurons from the right shoulder. So what that does is it creates a chronic low-grade background spasm in those muscles. The spasm causes energy to be utilized, and that energy produces heat. Whenever your muscles contract, it produces heat, and the heat dissipates the energy out of the body. Okay, so the point I'm making is I get these people that have had like 50 visits to doctors, multiple rotator cuff surgeries, but their livers are all backed up. They're eating crap. And the first thing I do is I look at their diet log and I say, and I also run functional medicine tests. And I go, look, you got high mercury levels, you got high nickel levels, you got this, these PCBs, and you got, you know, uh, xenoestrogens through the roof. You know, these are all chemicals and processed food and packaging. And you're never going to get your shoulder better because your shoulder's in a 24 hour spasm to compensate for the liver stress. So there's no blood flow to your shoulder. And I show people blood flow analysis charts. If you increase the tension in a muscle only 5%, Gunnar B.J. Anderson's book, Occupational Biomechanics, has these studies in it. An increase in muscle tension of only 5% can reduce blood flow 50 to 75% in a muscle. So when you get a liver that's excited like that, and you get a background tension of even 5%, you got a reduction of 50 to 75% of blood flow. So how's that injury going to repair itself? And then you got all that compression on the glenohumeral joint because the muscles crossing the joint are constantly squeezing it, which makes the brain think you're about to lift something heavy. So then it triggers more of a reaction from the rotator cuff. And as the muscle spasms more and more and the blood circulation gets less and less, the compression on the joint gets higher and higher and the mechanoreceptors send a message to get ready to lift a heavier load. So what you start is this pain spasm cycle that leads to fibrotic tissue development, uh, leaches the, the water out of the cartilage, causes the joint capsule to get sloppy, causes the mechanical, the, the biomechanics of the shoulder to get dysfunctional. I'm only talking about one joint here. I can go through your whole body and do this. So the point is I, I found long ago in my career, I mean, I was teaching this to level four Czech practitioners in, in the 90s, right? In the 90s. I, I, I studied many books on this, but the best book on this is Symptoms of Visceral Disease by Francis Marion Pottinger, which is written in about 1943. I've studied his fifth edition, his seventh edition. I have them all here. And I developed sensory organ, sensory motor reflex maps for all the glands and organs in the body so that Czech holistic lifestyle coaches at level three can look at the symptoms that you're having anywhere in your body and track it exactly to which gland and organ have a neurological connection. So then they can correlate their health appraisal questionnaire and their functional medicine testing with the musculoskeletal symptoms. So you get two reactions. You get a visceromotor reaction and then you get a visceroinhibitory reaction. So the, when, when the muscle, when the organs excited, what happens at first is it overstimulates the muscles to kind of, um, bleed off the excess energy. 
but in, in inflammatory conditions, and you get a visceral inhibitory. So if, like you see in bodybuilders using steroids, the liver gets very swollen. So what then happens is you get a visceral inhibitory, visceromotor inhibitory reflex, where it then reflexively shuts the abdominal wall off so that the liver can expand. Because if the liver doesn't expand, and a classic expression of this that everybody's familiar with is when a woman's premenstrual and she's starting to have an inflammatory reaction to slough the lining of the uterus, her lower abdominal distends. Why? Because her lower abdominals, which are neurologically connected to the um, T12L1 motor segment, which is the iliuinguinal and iliohypogastric nerves that run the lower abdominal, it will shut those muscles off to allow the uterus to swell so that it can increase blood flow. And so what do these women do? They go to the gym and do a million sit-ups and crunches and suck their belly in because they're embarrassed that their belly's distended. But what they don't realize is that distension of the belly is exactly what's necessary for the body to make room for a swollen organ to keep the circulation levels high so you can get oxygen in, nutrition in, and waste out. So they're sucking that in. So think of what happens to an organ if the reflex system didn't shut that muscle down to make room. So you get bodybuilders with a swollen liver and women with swollen uterus, and this is true of any organ, and they're beating the shit out of the thing in the gym, which is then strangling the organ, which extends the time that it takes for it to heal. Point being is you you have this very intimate connection because the survival totem pole, which you've seen my check totem pole, shows you which systems control which systems of the body for survival. For example, the motor system is governed by the respiratory system. Anything that threatens your ability to breathe, the body will sacrifice any system in the body in order to bring the breathing system into more of a functional dynamic relationship. So, you know, the, the key thing is the organs are far superior to the musculoskeletal system because uh, it, it, your shoulder hurts, your back hurts, your neck hurts, or your knee hurts, or your hamstrings are in pain, or your quads are in pain. Those are all secondary, but if you lose your stomach, you're dead. If you lose your liver, you're dead, right? If you can't shit, you're dead. You'll, you'll be poisoned in no time. So the organs actually are in charge of how muscles react. And if you think of the development of the fetus, the organs grow well before the musculoskeletal system. And, and so the, the way I, <laughs> it's funny because uh, I've had doctors <laughs> stupidly tell me, oh, Paul, this is a bunch of bullshit, you know, because what'll happen is they'll send people to me for rehab, say for a neck, back, or shoulder problem, and I'm not doing a whole bunch of rehab on the neck, back, and shoulder. I'm focusing on their diet and their lifestyle, and the patient comes back and sits down for their appointment, and the doctor says, how do you feel? And they say, oh, I feel fantastic. And they said, well, what did Paul do? And they said, well, he talked to me about my diet. He got me on these detox supplements, and he goes, well, he, he didn't work on your shoulder? Uh... No, he said that there's nothing he can do to the shoulder till the rest of the body's right. So they'll pick up the phone, call me, and chew me out and go, what the fuck are you doing? I didn't send them over there for diet coaching. I sent them for work on your shoulder. And I said, did you ask them how their shoulder's feeling? Long pause. Yes. What'd they say? It's better. Then why are you calling me and chewing me out? Because I sent them to you to work on their shoulder. Did you ask them how their shoulder's feeling? Yes then why are you chewing me out, right? I have to go sometimes through this three rounds before they finally wake up to the fact and they go, well, I don't get it. Why are you doing that? And so I have to actually teach them anatomy and say, well, you know, have you got an anatomy book in your office? Here, let me show you how the thing works. 
And I'm like, it's very rare that a doctor even understands this, right? And it's, it's right in any anatomy. Look in Netter's Anatomy, look in any standard anatomy book. It's all there. Uh, so that's a short answer to your why people don't sleep very well. But to finish the answer to the previous question, so that was the first level of how you fine-tune your diet is keeping a track of the diet log, keeping a track of your symptoms and correlating the symptoms with what you're eating. And the key thing is we've discussed before, the number one culprits are always the things you eat the most of. Why? Because about 95 to 98% of people in the world have leaky gut syndrome. So whatever you eat the most of is what you're most likely to have an immune reaction to, which is most likely to be causing the problems that we're talking about. And once you get undigested food antigens floating around your bloodstream at night, your immune system goes after them and attacks them with natural killer cells and every other thing it can throw at them. And so this is where you get tons of people that think they have arthritis, but they really don't. They have a hyperactive immune system because their body goes into the joints. And when you get a food antigen, they can be five times the size of a blood platelet. And we've got capillaries around joints that are so small, only one blood platelet at a time, about five to nine microns can fit through. So what happens is you get, and this is, if you get a carpenter who's right-handed, he's using his right arm and shoulder all day as an example, or a pitcher who throws a lot, then you have the most blood flow to those areas because those are the most active muscles. So what you get is you get all these food antigens trapped in the microcapillarization around the joint. And so the immune system comes in and starts kicking ass. And so they get all these inflammatory reactions around their joints and athletes end up having all sorts of musculoskeletal problems and coordination problems because they're getting all sorts of reflex inhibition from all the pain in the area. So they have to alter their motor patterns to try to do a lift. And you see how many times you've gone to the gym and see people doing weird shit with their shoulders, trying to bench press, or you mm -hmm. see someone pulling the lat pull down bar down and it's crooked. Yep. It's because if their liver's messed up, their right arm's being shut down. If their gallbladder's shut down, it'll shut their right arm down. If the stomach's got a parasite infection or they're dehydrated or they've got a stomach ulcer, their left arm will go weak and you'll see it with squatting. You'll see it anything. You can see anywhere where there's uh, uh, the ability, like a bar or a uh, uh, like a lat pull-down bar or a, a barbell. You see people squatting and the bar's on an angle. They're, they can't hold the thing still because the left side and the right side of their body are not equally balanced because you can have one-sided organ problems. You could have an appendix problem on one side and you don't have an appendix on both sides. So one side of your abdominal walls shut shut down and inhibited to make room for the swollen appendix, but the other side works fine. So then you get someone doing a squat and they cannot stabilize the right side of their body because the appendix is shutting the inner unit off to protect, because you can burst that appendix in there and kill you, right? Um, so the next level is I use muscle testing. So I show people, okay, look, I show them what muscle testing is, why their body reacts the way it does. I do things like bring packets of processed sugar and medical drugs and then organic grapes or, you know, any, any relatively safe food. And I say, well, let's check a few of these things. And, and I put them in envelopes so they can't see what's in them. And I let them test. And every time they test, you know, one of my favorite ones is aspartame. I put packages mm. of aspartame. And I've never seen anybody test uh, that didn't go weak on that. They, most people get, the only people that test strong with white sugar are people that are addicted to sugar. Because once mm -hmm. a person has an addiction, it'll, it'll rewire the body's reaction to it because now it thinks it needs it. And so the next level is first you diet log, then you learn to muscle test. And that way your body always gives you reliable feed. So I say muscle test everything. 
You want salmon? Just ask your body. I use the duckbill test or the pole test, but the duckbill is my favorite. Dear body, I'd like some salmon right now. Is that a good idea? Test strong. Good. Body says yes. A serving, I tell people the serving is the size of your palm, less your fingers and your thumb. So one serving of salmon would be the same size and approximate thickness of your hand. From my system, one serving of carbohydrate is whatever you can fit in your hand. So if you stick your hand in a salad bowl, whatever you can pull out with one hand, that's a serving. So I say to your body, okay, muscle test. Do you want one serving of salmon? Yes. Do you want two servings? Oh, getting weak. Okay, so do you say you want one? Yes. Okay, supplements, don't look at the label on the supplements that says take 350 milligrams of this. You say to your body, okay, one serving is X number of milligrams. Do you want one serving? No. Do you want less than one serving? Yes. You want half that? Yes. So you chop the pill in half or take half of it and dump it into a glass of water and drink it. People can get miraculously faster results when they use muscle testing. So Level one is diet logging, level two is muscle testing, level three is soul connection. And so I teach people how to tap into their soul and ask their soul the same questions they would ask with muscle testing, except this way you get a direct connection from your soul. And the reason that's so important is because that becomes the basis of a legitimate spiritual practice. So now I use their diet as a means to introduce them into a legitimate spiritual practice because you can ask your soul questions about what you should invest money in, who you should get married to, what job you should take, uh, how best to respond in relationship conflict. You can ask your soul any damn thing. Your soul is God inside of you. So if you want to know how the universe works, then get quiet enough to have a talk with your soul and you will find out. Uh, Because a lot of people have religious confusion and blockages and then you have people that don't believe in a soul or have conflicts with that, then I just stick with muscle testing and diet logging. And there's people that have mental blocks to muscle testing, as you know, because they don't believe in it. So I say, look, get on that diet logging. And what I do is I have a four doctor questionnaire that I do with patients. So if you became my patient today, until you prove to me you don't need it, every single day you will fill out a questionnaire every day what did you do for Dr. Happiness? What did you do that was happy making today? How are you uh, participating in creating happiness for yourself? Dr. Diet, what did you eat? So there's the, what did you eat? What did you drink? I want to know everything. Um, Dr. Movement, what did you do for exercise today? Did you stretch? Did you mobilize? Did you walk? Did you run? Did you jump? How long did you do it? I want to know everything you can tell me. And Dr. Quiet, how did you sleep? How was your sleep quality? What time did you go to bed? What time did you get up? What did you experience? Did you have to get up five times to go pee? You know, I want to know. So on a daily basis, I'm monitoring those things and I send them a a response back every day. So I just charge them for my time to respond because I found people can do way more damage in one or two weeks between visits than I can repair as a therapist. You come to me, I tell you, this is what you do. You go off, you screw it up. You come back to me two weeks later, you're as bad as you ever were. So it's like I have to start over every day. So I realize the only way I can really help people is I got to monitor them on a daily basis. And every time I send them back, for example, a lot of people don't know what has gluten in it. So they think they're eating a gluten-free diet, but I find five things they're eating. I go, that's got gluten in it. That beer, it's got gluten in it. Like, oh, I had no idea. You see, so what I do is I'm educating by real-time feedback. And when they get to the point where I can see that they've given me two or three weeks of 
daily four doctor forms where they're actually living what I'm trying to teach them, then I say, okay, you don't need to fill out the forms anymore. And every single person that I've ever had do that said, Paul, I learned more from that than probably anything about myself. They actually learn about themselves. So that's the three levels that I take. Thank you for that. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, deep, I couldn't tell you faster. Or I would just say, No, I think that was... You know, uh, logging, muscle testing, soul connection. People go, what the fuck's that? You know? Well, I think that's a very pertinent observation. I've noticed the same things in my own life. A couple elements to point out to in the summary or to concord with. On the chlorine uh, equation, I invite people to take uh, drops and get those uh, testers for pools where you test and you put it in your water and, and the water will all go yellow. Yes. And I, I say, take one glass where you don't put your finger in it and pour the water in it before you do the test. If you have the other one, you put the test in and put your finger in it. And you only have to put your finger in there for a couple seconds. You test the chlorine test in the water. Oh, I see. And then you doing. put the one where your finger is, and there's no chlorine in it. That's it's how fast you. it gets absorbed. That's pretty wild. I never heard of that. It's a great test that to, is a great to, test. to validate. And yeah. secondary, when you talked about the uh, electromagnetic fog, I guess is yeah. a great thing. I live in Venice Beach, California, and it's as foggy on the EMF side as you can get. And yeah. What's fascinating is I'll walk out um, to Venice Beach and you can walk out towards the ocean and there is a point when you get out close to the ocean that you can actually feel that tension, go away. tension go away. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. And yeah. I invite people to actually do these experiments. So, yeah. Cause if you've been living in it, so like, you know, does the fish know it's in water? Right. And I think we're living in a place now where we have humans who are living in such a far removed natural state of being, and they've been subjected to it this in their entire life. They don't know how obvious this becomes when you remove themselves out of it. So what you've shared, I think, is really critical to understanding, okay, you can have all the technology in the world, and I think technology is great to validate these intuitive points, but if you're stuck in this and you know, you're going to doctors, you're going to this, and you mm -hmm. don't know what to do, and I'll see... The, a lot of those individuals coming to say a biohacking conference and yeah. they're, they're looking for the next hack and, and okay, that maybe that detoxification device or that sleep device or whatever that technology, that's probably very valid in itself. But with, if you're, if you don't address the initial components of lifestyle, you're, you're essentially just cutting yourself and putting a bandaid on yourself every day until eventually you bleed out the life force and you're done. Yeah. So you got to stop doing the inflammatory things uh, as, as a big aspect of uh, optimizing the biology for the long term. Uh, muscle testing, I'll refer people to uh, Dr. John Diamond, The Body Doesn't Lie is a great yes, book. Yes, yeah. Um, and George Goodhart, by the way, is really the father of muscle correct. testing. Correct. Yes. And Diamond learned from Goodhart. Yeah. And then David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins developed yeah. the whole consciousness thing so you could kind of make the progressions. I have a friend, um, John McGuire, he works, he's been working with Tony Robbins for about 30 years, uh, doing kinesiological testing and showing people how they can leverage it. He's got a, he lives down in, uh, a few blocks away from me in, uh, in, in LA. And, uh, he has whole courses to teach you how to accurately muscle test and to find, uh, your process. Cause there is a process to it. And, uh, on the sleep side, I was just recently, I, I, I before I was getting ready for my marathon, we had to do a, a, a whole uh, brain optimization. We went to Sedona, Arizona. And 
what was remarkable is being in Sedona, we were in a remote part of Sedona that had very little pollution. My sleep cycle was just so incredible in that place. You it can feel the whole oh. environment. Like here, it's like that here. Yeah. People come out here all the time and they go, oh my God, Paul, it's so calm here. Yeah, because there's no 5G here. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I sure hope you're enjoying the podcast. As a therapist that is constantly teaching people about nutrition and hydration, I found that the only people that really understand and use electrolytes in general are endurance athletes. But what most people don't know about is the importance of electrolytes for general health, mineral nutrition, improved hydration, blood sugar and insulin regulation, enhanced vitality, and enhanced brain function. Though there is a rising awareness of electrolytes and many companies offering them, I can assure you that they are not all created equally, and what that usually comes down to is the quality and the cleanliness of the source materials and how they are combined. Having tested many electrolyte products, I was honestly shocked when I experienced Paleo Valley's essential electrolytes. Why? Because I eat a super high-quality diet and back it up with the world's highest quality whole food supplements to guarantee a full spectrum of nutrition, and I'm a lover of high quality salts, so I thought for sure I was getting enough electrolytes. When I tested other electrolyte products, I honestly felt no difference. When Paleo Valley sent me their essential electrolytes to test, I was honestly shocked at how much more energy I had. I even experienced an improved level of mental clarity that I didn't expect from an electrolyte drink of all things. Paleo Valley's essential electrolytes are available in orange, watermelon, and lemon-lime flavors and is a whole food-sourced electrolyte blend. Get the complete benefits of trace minerals and electrolytes found in unprocessed ancient sea salt, organic coconut water, and seaweed extract without the refined sugar and synthetic ingredients in most electrolyte drinks. Though Paleo Valley's essential electrolytes are good for children and adults, I feel this product may be one of the most important dietary additions for anyone age 50 and beyond because the benefits that essential electrolytes offers addresses many of the problems common in aging people today. In fact, I've been adding them to my daily health and performance shake since the day I first tried them and will continue to do so. To get your essential electrolytes and save 15% on your order, go to paleovalley.com forward slash check 15. That's P-A-L-E-O valley.com forward slash C-H-E-K 15. If we want to make the world a better place, we've all got to stay healthy and fit and support companies like Paleo Valley because they're a perfect example of the kinds of companies we'd need more of in the world today. Enjoy Essential Electrolytes. Uh, before I forget, though, I wanted to throw something in. You talked about you know, how you walk out to the beach and you feel the body start getting calm. Well, one of the things that people don't do is they don't go barefoot. So they don't ever, they, their body, all that stuff gets trapped in your body. You got all these people walking around with insulators on their feet. So the electromagnetic pollution gets trapped in the water of your body, which is highly conductive. And you're literally like a, you know, a fish tank full of fish that are being electrocuted and got nowhere to go. They're trapped in the fish tank. All that electromagnetic pollution drains out of your body. It's supposed to. That's why, you know, in nature, we ran around barefooted. Because the higher vibration energies comes in through the crown and then they leave through the feet. So there's like a circulation system through our body to bleed off environmental energies. And the other thing is getting a grounding sheet for your bed. And you, know, you can get grounding sheets and grounding pillowcases. 
they used to, they do still, some of them, you drive a stake in the ground, but if you live on the 20th floor or something, they now have them that go into the grounding portion of a three-prong socket. You know, you got the two and then the round one at the bottom, that's the ground. So you can take, the sheets have a little uh, cord that clips in and you plug it into the wall. And when you're laying down at night, it grounds you so it bleeds all the electromagnetic pollution. And a lot of these buildings that people live in, even if you shut your own router off, everybody around you's got a router on, so they're all interpenetrating your space. That's why biogeometry becomes critical because it'll neutralize all that stuff. If you have a 1,000 square foot apartment, you've got a biogeometry home kit that handles about 4,000 square feet, you're helping all your neighbors feel better and they don't even know it because the, the biogeometry is not limited by the wall. It works on a frequency level. So it's working with information fields and energy fields. It's not working on physical responses so you you can actually stabilize all your neighbors <laughs> just by taking care of yourself and that could be good for relationships um but so the key point i just wanted to throw in before i forgot was that one get your shoes off and get on the ground as much as you can and two get a grounding mat you can just search grounding mat or grounding sheet on amazon there's several companies that make them and now you've got um companies making uh, grounding shoes so you can get shoes that will ground you. Um, I've been testing a pair of sandals and they work fantastic. So anyhow, that was just something I wanted to throw in there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, all of these things are, are fascinating, especially if you uh, use them. And this is one of the reasons I encourage people to have uh, an accountability coach who knows what they're talking about. That's what to, that to, four to, doctor form is. Yeah, to help you navigate through your cognitive biases that you've you've adapted to like you said and that little accounting process like no one would run a business a successful business without proper accounting right no one invests in a business without proper accounting or no one would buy a car if it hasn't had regular maintenance diagnostics right and 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 so this one has to apply the same thing to their to their own physiology and the one thing i will say that's very good on the spiritual side now is when you talk spirituality before uh cell phones and uh you know internet and all these sorts of things people were very skeptical about what they couldn't see affecting them mm -hmm. and now everybody can see the effects of what they can't see so it's it, in one way even though there's more uh you know infractionary technologies out there people are much more open I find now to saying, oh yeah, there are these unseen things that might be influencing me. Exactly. And once you start down that journey and you get a little bit of knowledge and you start doing some of the practices that you advocate, we advocate, it becomes extremely empowering as now I don't see that I'm a victim of this toxic world. I'm learning how to stay alive in it and then eventually how to thrive within it, taking advantage of the good stuff and, and discarding the rest uh yeah so that's kind of the that this the spiritual aspect of, of of leveraging the science and the lifestyle of, to a holistic form of life one of the ways i teach my patients and students how to appreciate the spiritual world is i say to them have you ever seen a, a kid with a remote control car you know everybody has right i say okay good you can't see what's going between the remote and the car you just watch the car changing directions while the kid's adjusting the knobs on his controller. But there's something invisible controlling that car. So I say, okay, good. Now, 
your mind is the remote control, spirit is the flow of energy and information, and the car is your body. Your thoughts, you can't see them, but they affect your body. When you're happy, you smile. When you're not, you don't. When you're angry, you everybody can see it through posture and gesture. So, you know, so you can understand spirituality simply as this. Look at how your mind, which is not in your brain, that's scientific fact. Your brain is just the, the, the remote control. It's the radio system that's communicating with your mind, which is a non-local field of information that's everywhere around you. And so, once a person... And I look at a television, right? You you don't see the TV waves coming in. And if you think that the television is responsible for making the image, then cut it open and see if you can find Clint Eastwood hiding in your television. You won't find anything but an electromagnetic ray tube that converts a frequency wave into an image. And your brain's doing the same thing. It's taking a frequency, which is just a high vibration frequency called mind, and converting it into thoughts, feelings, and emotions, which your hormonal system is the interface for, because your thoughts and emotions are felt through the hormonal system. That's why you have seven chakras. They handle the rainbow of frequencies of the psyche, and every one of them has a set of hormonal glands that respond to that frequency. So through all the glands in your body, all your thoughts and feelings come in as subtle energies, pass down into your etheric field, penetrate into your physical body, and trigger reactions through the brain, the pineal, the pituitary, the master gland of the pituitary, if you want to call that the master gland, some do. And then you have the reaction at each chakra. You got thyroid, parathyroid, thymus, you know, the glands, right? So the point is the hormones are the actual interface between the subtle energy fields and the physical body. And so that's how that's what chakras are. That's how the mental realm and the astral realm, or the realm of emotions and animation, meets the etheric field, which is the field created by the biochemical reactions of 100 trillion cells. And it creates a standing wave of energy that's very sensitive to energy, right? That's why, for example, if you bring your hand close to mine, you'll feel there's your energy right there. Mm -hmm. Feel it Mm -hmm. pushing back on us? That's your etheric field. That's the energy wave. A standing wave created, you know, got thir- you got 30 billion billion biochemical reactions a second in the human body, and every one of them is producing an electromagnetic response. And so you're alive all the time. And so you say, okay, if you have a, a, a pot of water boiling and you leave it boiling indefinitely, then you can see that there's waves in there that won't go away. That's a standing wave. So your etheric field's a standing wave, and because it's subtle energy, it's exquisitely sensitive to subtle energies, right? Yeah, does that make sense? A hundred percent. And uh, this is an area that, uh, this is where I love the, the meaning of esoterics with experience and to use a couple examples that people can test on their own. I like watching the UFC mm-hmm. and I'm, <laughs> thank God I'm on the West Coast because it doesn't come too, too late, but it comes late enough. And I've noticed every time I watch the UFC, usually comes on around six, six o'clock, seven o'clock out here on the West Coast. And I normally go to bed around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Well, I watch that fights. Well, I'm jacked up till midnight after. Yes. I'm, I am yeah. amped up. Yes, and and the better the fight, the more amped in the, the yep. cortisol system. Simultaneously, on the Sundays, I, I, I drive out to uh, Lake Shrine and I go to a meditation uh, at Lake Shrine with, and the monks going there. And 
boy, I sit down in that place and I'm in the beautiful environment and I sit down and they play some nice organ music and I get really relaxed and calm and I go for a walk on the beach and I, I have a completely different experience. Then maybe I'll come home that afternoon and I'll turn on, um, you know, a, a great musical performance. I have a big screen TV and yeah. I'll put on a musical and you get some of these singers and you feel oh, yeah. upliftment in your whole soul and the back of your hair yeah. comes up and you go, well, what am I actually responding to? I'm video. Uh, there's a visual frequency. There's a sound frequency yeah. and, and, and it's having a visceral effect on my body. So of course, all of these things are happening. And I find it <laughs> almost laughable when people will stand there and they'll say, well, they'll start to poo poo this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, how could you poo poo this when our entire experience is being subjected to it? And I could give you a 50 different examples in five minutes about things that any person has experienced yeah. that give indication of that. Yet, so many people are like, well, if it's not in a double blind study, right. it's not valid. Well, you know what I say? Double blind means twice removed from the truth of what you have to pay attention to. Right. The isolation plus isolation is the opposite of understanding a holistic system, right? And the analogy I give my students is, okay, if you take a frog out of a pond and study it under a microscope in a laboratory, you're never going to know what the frog is. Mm -hmm. You're going to say it's got this muscles, these hormones, this many joints, blah, blah, blah. But you still haven't learned what makes a frog a frog. Mm -hmm. You haven't learned what happens if you have chlorine in its water. You haven't learned what happens if... Uh, you know, there's predatory predators in the area that eat frogs, and they're all nervous all the time. You know, put a put a cat near a pond and watch the frog's behavior change. You know, right. the double blind is you take the frog two steps away from the pond and you call that gold standard study. Yes, you know. But I, I've said I won't go through the whole story, but I've pinned scientists on the table about this before and said, okay, so you're talking about you know you're looking at uh, cortisol and its effect on the body. And you're doing this very rigid double-blind study. I go, but you didn't look at what caused the cortisol to rise. You don't know what their mental emotional state is. You know what their financial status is. You don't know if they're getting along with their wife. I could give you 800 reasons that cortisol's all over the map. And so you're trying to tell me that your cortisol reaction comes from this one thing. Every scientist that I brought this up with has said the same thing. We don't have the technology to do science with that level of integration. Right. I say, okay, good. So now that you admitted that, why do you say this is the highest standard of science when you know there's a higher standard of science that can be achieved? And isn't it interesting that most of the most amazing insights that have ever come through scientists have come through empirical observation? And it's the empirical observation that led to the more rigorous science, which usually concludes that the observation was correct. Indeed. And one of the things, and I ran into this conundrum decades ago when I was in the university setting because it became apparently obvious as a kid from a you know farm culture, where you, you, look, if it doesn't work in the environment, it doesn't work. You have to have a model that actually works in the real world. The car needs to start. The splitter needs to split the wood. The fire needs to be started. So, uh, And many of those things you you can't attest for in a laboratory condition. So what I came up with is I began studying excellence or the outliers. Mm, yes. Okay. So-and-so is producing an extraordinary result. Okay. 
And this person, is there, is there a correlate? Like, what are they doing on a day-to-day basis? What are they doing as a lifestyle? What is the environment they're living in? What is their overall mental, physical, spiritual outlook in life that leads them to these behaviors or away from other behaviors? And what was fascinating, when you started studying excellence in, in completely different fields, you'd start to see commonalities. And that's the application of empirical observation. Yes. So if we're going to produce excellence, let's study excellence and discard all of the other information because I want to, you know, excellence is its own reward was something I remember uh, Dr. David Hawkins would say, excellence is its own reward. What does that mean? And I would make it even a little more refined in saying the pursuit of excellence is its own res- reward because yeah. excellence is a progressive state, not an absolute. And we've seen this with every uh, a great example because I always like to turn to athletics. I'm fascinated with athletics. Everybody knows how difficult difficult it is to maybe become a champion in the sport. But what's even more difficult is man- maintaining that yeah, staying level. the champion. And very seldom are the people who have the capability of even producing that result able to maintain that result over a long period of time because success is its own challenge. It's its own obstacle. And oftentimes it starts to take away from the lifestyle components or the patterns of success that were initiated maybe over decades to get to that point. Well, now you got to do the tour. Now you're doing TV shows. Now you've got all this money, the uh, distractions that may not have been alleviated in your own psyche now lead you into behaviors that you would never have considered before. And then there's almost a false psyche that's built in. Well, I'm the champ, therefore I've I've validated this, and you start to drift away from do, the yeah. essential. And you see this in the health field as well, yeah. uh, where a person will achieve a high level of health and vitality. They go on the circuit and they run themselves into the ground, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you know, I got away from my own things." I've watched them come and go for years. Mm-hmm. This January, I've been a therapist for 40 years. I started lecturing professionally in 1988. I I lived for 25 years on the professional lecture circuit, not only in exercise. But in physical therapy, in chiropractic, osteopathic, I've lectured in medical schools, I've lectured in strength training conferences, massage therapy conferences. So I'm one of the few guys that's showing up in all these different places as an educator, presenting novel ideas. And I would see, you know, you know, Joe so-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so who's real famous and popular, looking great, doing great, and then three years later she's flat on her back and dead. And misses years on the tour and comes back 40 pounds overweight and then she's gone again. And I've watched them just come and go like flies, because, almost always because they're famous for some little tiny piece of the puzzle we're talking about. Correct. But they don't have the other pieces. Correct. Right? So they're an expert on hormones, but they don't know how to eat right. <laughs> they're expert on weightlifting, but they don't know how to do any of the other things right. If you don't understand holism today... Um, you, you got a you got a much shorter shelf life. Hello to all of you. Thank you for joining me on my podcast and contributing to making the world a better place each day. I'm so excited to have you on this amazing journey with me. I wanted to share one of my strategies for being strong, healthy, mentally sharp, and productive each day. 
My family and I love Organifi's sunrise to sunset combination, and it's never hard to get our kids to enjoy these healthy products, and guests at our rainbow workshops absolutely love them too. The Sunrise to Sunset Kit helps transform your entire day in three simple steps. A detoxifying morning reset, an afternoon energy boost, and a nighttime relaxation tea, all packed with superfoods your body will love. The kit comes with a built-in bundle savings, and for a limited time, it also comes with a 30-day supply of pure and effective natural brain-boosting blend, absolutely free. Your Sunrise to Sunset kit includes green juice. Reset your body in the morning with 11 detoxifying superfoods, including ashwagandha, an excellent herb that helps your body handle stress better. You'll love the delicious taste and your body will love the rush of exotic organic micronutrients. Green juice promotes balanced cortisol levels and helps manage stress levels. It's perfect for weight management and it helps detox your body of harmful toxins and we all know how important that is today. Organifi Red Juice is a caffeine-free energy boost provided by nature's five best antioxidant-rich berries plus four powerful adaptogens, including cordyceps and rhodiola, to promote natural and sustained stamina and endurance. Red Juice offers natural energy boost without caffeine, a high concentration of antioxidants to protect against free radical damage and inflammation, and a low-sugar sweet berry taste. Gold juice can be taken hot or cold in the evening, and gold juice eases your body into a calm, relaxed state with nine soothing superfoods and adaptogens like reishi mushrooms, turmeric, and ginger, all in a delicious nighttime tea. Get the rest and sleep that you need. Gold Juice offers incredible taste and aroma, promotes recovery while you rest, and is naturally calming with zero negative side effects. Plus, you get the travel packs of Pure included for a limited time with your Sunrise to Sunset kit. Clear your mind with this brain-boosting blend. Pure is made with natural compounds that help repair, protect, and feed your brain cells while addressing the gut-brain axis. Organifi Pure supports improved digestion plus focus and clarity. Organifi Pure stimulates brain-derived neurotropic factor to help build new neural networks and keep your brain young. It supports learning, memory, and enhances cognitive function. Get your Sunrise to Sunset kit and your bonus pack of Organifi Pure by going to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash C-H-E-K-20. And on checkout, get 20% off with your Living4D discount code, CHECK20, all caps, that's capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20. Enjoy. If you look at um, people who are in, quote unquote, the biohacking industry, a large portion of them are very successful entrepreneurs. People that have a tremendous amount of responsibility um, are at uh, the higher level, generally on the economic scale. And they're trying to either maintain or expand upon a a level of excellence in one area of their life and their physicality is breaking down. They're trying to figure this out. I'm fascinated. And one of the things that we advocate for is, okay, you know, as I, I've watched the own challenge, my own challenges as the, our company by optimizers continues to grow in success and the responsibilities and the pressures. What have you observed specifically around people who have 
hit a high level of success and then they kind of have the golden handcuffs and they're like, well, I got to keep this show going, but I feel handcuffed to it. And I got these responsibilities and I want to get this message out into the world or expand my uh, components. What have you found specifically around that, 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 that the balance, say entrepreneur or advocate or it, you know, person who is exuding excellence in their field, but are but don't get too caught up in the trappings of success that it takes them out physically. Well, if if I look at that <clears throat> from the perspective of my four life process archetypes, so first we're all a child, then we become a warrior, which means you have to get clear on what you fight are willing to fight for and die for. But we, but it's also a struggle, as you know, to build a business. So you have yep. to be a warrior. You got to cut your own path. You got to, you know. If you're in the health field, you got to fight off the naysayers. You got to prove yourself. Um, so the warrior builds the business. So you you take your your own business history, but then eventually, if the warrior is successful, he becomes the king or the queen. Okay, so you're in the king position. The king is someone who has proved mastery and has a dominion of his own, can pay his own way, and is considered an expert and respected by others. Okay, so once you get to the king phase, by now you've already been on the road and in the life working hard as a warrior, but the ideas that drove you to the willingness to do the work to create the success that made you a king came from a more youthful man or woman. But like you said, by the time you got the golden handcuff, you also have a lot of golden responsibilities. Yes. And you got a lot of people after you. You got a lot of demands on your time. You got financial stress. You've got investment strategies to deal with. You, you're, the size of your company grows, and now you've got more and more employee problems and, and insurance deals, and and you know you know the, the snowball lawsuits, government lawsuits, regulation, regulations. It just it's like so. What happens is you reach this tipping point where you climb and climb and climb in your success till you get to this peak point. And that's right what Arthur Young calls the choice point, okay? And that's the choice point where you have to decide, are you going to let your ego make the choices for you, or are you going to transition into your second simplicity? The first simplicity was your childhood. Mom and dad carried carried the golden handcuffs and all the worries and made sure you got fed. And, you, you know, your job was just to go to school and have fun, be a kid. So this first simplicity, the ego becomes progressively more complex until you get to the king phase. And now in the king phase, you come face to face with this primal question. Do I have the interest and the energy to keep inflating the person that built this big business? Yes. And that's when you say, do I want to keep being the king? Do I have the energy to keep doing all this stuff? Is it satisfying to me? Am I nourished in my heart and my soul, or do I want a simpler life where I can actually maybe not have as much money, but I don't have nearly the demands on my time. I have time to be with my kids. I have time to be with my friends. I have time to play, paint, walk in nature, and actually live something other than constantly dealing with the rigors of money and the the responsibility and the pressures of uh, demonstrating scientifically or publicly, you know, like... Uh, you you know someone like Tony Robbins has to be on the road a lot. You have to be in the limelight a lot. When I attended uh, one of his events, um, his signature event, Date with Destiny, right? And he is the, 
which I think he's one of the greatest endurance athletes ever. If you ever seen him put yes, on six days, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I don't know if you know, I used to be his therapist. Right. One of the things I, I found fascinating uh, that he commented, uh, he talks about the construction of Tony Robbins as a as a almost a separate entity yes. for him. Yes. It's, it's, like, it's like an avatar he's created. And, and one of the things that he stated was, you don't want to be this guy. And I saw Elon Musk saying a yep. similar thing. Some yep. of the most celebrated individuals, like, you don't want to be this guy. Ozzy yep. Osbourne said, yep. like, like uh, uh, his wife says, well, why are you doing this? Because he says, because I'm Ozzy. And he talks about this other entity that's yep. driving that machine. Yep. Maybe that's their path in life. And I'm not here to comment or, or disrespect that. But it it's indicative that everybody has this aspect that they're going to, you know, come to realization about at some point. And at that critical element, I think is a is a really opportune time for for people just to to recalibrate what excellence is for them in their lives, yes. you know, externally versus maybe internally, and then passing on that wisdom to the next generations and, to come. And that's that's the transition. So the choice point for the king or the queen is the birth. If you choose to simplify and go in your second, that's the birth of the wise man or the wise woman. Mm-hmm. And what are they? They're the people that walk around and tell you what really matters in life and tell the young Tony Robbinses and and uh, Paul Checks and Wade Lightharts of the world, hey, you know, enjoy what you're doing, but don't let the world eat you alive because yes. you, you may find that your success is the most painful thing in the world. This is why Joseph Campbell says most people spend their whole life climbing the corporate ladder to get to the top only to realize it's re- leaning against the wrong wall, <laughs> right? And so the, the coming into the wise man, wise woman is where you really have had enough life experience to say, what is it that actually really is meaningful in life? And, and how much money is enough to give us the ability to meet our needs, but not have me so wrapped up that I don't have time to engage my relationships and spend time with myself. Most people are so, as you know, so externalized and so identified with what they're creating and what they're doing or the persona that The persona, the social media persona right. that's interacting with the so, world. So they get older and older, but they still don't know who they are inside. So that tipping point's critical. And this is where a lot of people get diseases because the soul will ground you if you're not following your soul path, you're not evolving. And the thing is, just like the snake sheds its skin, we, we go through different soul phases of development. So the warrior phase is really you know, developing the discipline, the strength, and the clarity of what it's worth doing in your life. Like, What, what am I going to sacrifice myself for? Then the king and the queen has to say, well, how do I maintain the empire and keep peace in the empire so I don't implode my own you know like steve jobs was a was a a not an easy king to work for so someone like that really needs spiritual coaching so that he actually doesn't destroy his opportunity to fulfill his own dream by by damaging um relationships the snake sheds its skin with each of these phases so you could say that the child's skin has to be shed because you can't be a real warrior and a child at the same time a child's not supposed to sacrifice its life to protect the tribe, the warrior is supposed to protect the child and the tribe. So the child has to shed its snake. That's what an initiation ceremony is in, into adulthood or manhood, is you shed the skin of the child. They literally beat the child out of you to make sure you know you're not a child anymore. Then when you 
become a king if you if you have too much warrior in you, you start too much trouble around you, and the next thing you know, you can't run your company or your business or your success because you're fighting with everybody. Or, 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 or the company kicks you out. Yeah, of it. the company or, kicks you out. Which is very common that yes. uh, a lot of uh, CEOs or founders get to a stage and they don't know how to eloquently transcend to people who are you know, dispersing the 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 mandate of the company between yeah. a, a group of executives who have that and then they find themselves oh i'm i'm not relevant and so then they they struggle with that yes because they've defined themselves by their past success not looking at the opportunities that the future in embodies or they embody the warrior as a dictator yes and so the very people that they needed to achieve their success no longer want to put up with them because they realize they don't actually need that guy anymore unless he's going to be a team player. So the the, the see the warrior that does not become a legitimate king risks being kicked out of his own kingdom. Yep. And that's a history that story is as old as kingship, right? And so then at some point you 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 come to this crisis point where you say can I keep inflating this this ego? Can I keep and is this dream fulfilling to me anymore? Mm-hmm. And is money really that fulfilling to me anymore? We all need money, but how much? And then you start to look out into the world at a certain point in your life and see everyone having all the problems that you had and watching them be lost and confused. And that's why guys like me and you become educators. You know, there's the true weight of knowledge. The more knowledge you legitimately gain, the heavier it weighs on you. So if you don't come down the hill and share it, if the hero does not return from the journey to share what he's learned from his people, he's actually not really a hero yet because he has not improved the likelihood that the other people in the tribe will be able to avoid the pain he had to go through to figure it out. So the hero gains a certain amount of knowledge and the weight of knowledge is so real it'll feel like it'll snap your arms off. Like, you know, it's very hard for someone like you and I to meet someone that's really sick and unhealthy. And we obviously can see what it is and not say, you know, before you go get cancer uh, surgery and do all this, you might want to try, you know, sleeping and drinking water and eating real food for a couple of months. Like, it's hard for us to walk away. Yes. Because we we know we hold the secret to long-term success and health. If you know a lot about money and you watch people doing stupid shit with money, it's hard for you not to tell. So that's the that's the weight of knowledge. So once you get to that second point of uh, second uh, choice point where you can go into your second simplicity, you can't be an effective CEO of a business or uh, the kinds of things that most people do here and have enough time to go out and educate the world. How much time does it take for Wade to write a good book? A long time. A long time and a lot of effort, and you need quiet time. So you got to somehow step away from the kingship to get the quiet to do the work. So and you have to have a simplified life, or you can't because you're. You know that's one of the challenges I've had in the last three years. I've got to do the podcast. I've got to do marketing for the institute. I got to film all the time. I'm still coaching clients. I got a 14 acre property to manage. I got two kids. So like one of the most challenging things for me mentally and emotionally, is getting the space that I need to juggle the depth of the concepts and the ideas where I need a lot of headroom to really take all these concepts and say, okay, how do I present these very complicated spiritual concepts? Like what is God and what is consciousness? 
on paper in a way that it can be understood by the very people I'm trying to help. Well, if you've got 50 things going on, it's like you're in the middle of a gunfight trying to write a good book. It doesn't work very well. It's like trying to have sex in the middle of a battlefield. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to do. The point that I'm trying to make is that our dream changes as we mature, as the soul gains more consciousness. The dream that excited the warrior now makes the warrior think, oh my God, I can't handle any more of that. Or my body won't handle any more of that. You know, we were talking about Eben Britain, right? There's a case of a guy who wore his body out and his dream had to change. And it's a real crisis sometimes to go through that. But you got to find your new dream and that's what your soul is doing. Your soul's making sure that you're not just bashing people for millions of dollars a year in a football field because there's much more to you than that. And so the soul sheds its skin and if we're resistant to the shedding of the skin because we've externalized ourselves, then someone like Eben only sees himself as viable, as lovable, as meaningful as a professional football player, getting a lot of acknowledgement for that. But when that goes away, if you haven't learned to love yourself and you don't have other ways of expressing yourself, it's a death. Mm -hmm. It's a dark night of the soul, right? So part of having a spiritual guide or a mentor is to actually tell you, you know, this is what these transitions look like. This is the, and this is why it's important to indoctrinate children into legitimate spiritual practices. See, my mother took me to the Self-Realization Fellowship Temple when I was 12. I got to hang out with monks. I got to learn meditation techniques. I learned things from monks that I can honestly say kept me alive through all this stuff because the stress, I've been bankrupt. In the 2008 stock market crash, I was like under tremendous financial stress. I was almost a million dollars, three quarters of a million dollars in debt. I was days I was losing $30,000. I went from a staff of like 60 people to four and was barely keeping the Institute alive. If I didn't know how to meditate and access God consciousness and have a connection with my soul, that could have brought me to a suicidal experience. In fact, the day the stock market crashed, I had four phone calls from Czech practitioners around the world whose clients all committed suicide because they didn't think that they could maintain their lifestyle without their money and didn't want to live anymore, right? Because their sense of who they were was so based on how much money they had mm. in the bank that without it, it wasn't worth living anymore. That's when you know, need to know how to meditate. That's when you have to have a way to connect to something greater than you. That's when you need a deeper connection to your inner self. Because somebody who is totally exteriorized and only knows themselves as the external expression of themselves but doesn't know the inside is kind of like an arrow that doesn't know the bow that launched it. It's just going and going and going, but has no sense of where it came from or who it really is or what it really is. And so um, I think it's important for everybody, and, and, and countries go through this as mm -hmm. well, and so do towns, and so do sports teams, right? Um, I was chatting with Eben um, on a podcast together the other day, and he was talking about, he ended up leaving the first team he was really successful with, and he thought his career was going to be over, but then the Chicago hired him, the Bears, and um, the first year there was really good, but then they had a managerial change, and he just didn't get along with the new manager, and he just had a really hard time being there. 
and the team that was very successful when he came for the first year had a was getting their ass kicked because the energy of the change and of, of the team and the dynamics changed with with a new coach and new management and ultimately he he just couldn't be there anymore because just he didn't feel he felt like the family wasn't there anymore. There was no, the, the, the tribal connection wasn't there. The point I'm making is everything we've been describing here, a family goes through this. A company goes through this. A team goes through this. A city goes through this. A nation goes through this. And we're going through it right now as a world population. We're right now at the choice point. As a world population, we, we are... We are at the point where we've got to decide, do we want to keep letting kings rule our life and use us for their own means and destroy the environment that we live in for profit? Or are we going to initiate ourselves into wise men, not be so identified with our capacity to consume and let money be our guiding sense of safety and security? And are we going to hold hands together, start singing and dancing together simplify, get more practical, and get closer to nature and take the stress off the planet before it breaks and we all go with it. Or we 5G the whole planet to death, right? So all I'm pointing out is you can actually, when you understand this archetypal cycle, the beginning of anything is the child phase. The trial phase is the warrior phase. The fruiting phase of accomplishment is the king phase and the winter phase is the transition to another phase, and everything goes through it. It's built right into the most primordial cycle, Om. Om is the basis of all creation. Ah, I awaken, spring, ooh, I'm dreaming, I'm living my dream, summer, the active phase, mmm, I'm falling asleep, fall, the fruiting phase, harvest, underscore, dead silence, end of cycle. Something new is coming, but it'll be different than what started in spring last time. And it doesn't matter if it's a subatomic particle or a hormone or a life or a planet or a solar system or a galaxy. Ohm is the governing archetype that makes everything real and you cannot escape it. Hello. Are you struggling to have the body you want, the energy you need, and the mental clarity to create the life you want each day? Are you noticing that your muscle definition isn't what it could be or suffering from chronic aches and pains and niggling injuries that get in the way of exercising the way you want to? If you need help with any of these common challenges or are ready to learn the most important simple daily practices to keep yourself and your family super healthy so you don't need to depend on the medical system to address your pains, then I have the perfect online training program for you. Having spent my entire professional career working with people of all walks of life and serving as a therapist, conditioning specialist, and consultant to numerous professional sports teams, Olympic teams, and committees, and a long string of the world's greatest athletes, I identified what everyone must learn and apply as essential steps to looking and feeling your best and drastically reducing the likelihood that your life will be complicated by unnecessary pain, fatigue, illness, or disease. I share all this information, which extends beyond what I share in my most popular book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, and show you practical tips for applying that information as well as what is in my HLC1, Holistic Lifestyle Level 1 online course, which I teach with my wife, Angie Check, a nutritionist 
advanced practitioner of biogeometry, and a highly skilled shaman. If you are ready to take charge of your health, beauty, and vitality so you can efficiently achieve your goals and manifest your dream for your life each day, this is the perfect online training program for you. The learning objectives that we cover in HLC 1 are learn to apply the 1-2-3-4 approach to developing long-term body-mind changes and how to apply the five essentials of program design. Learn to use your check nutrition and lifestyle questionnaires for assessing physiological load and making essential diet and lifestyle changes. Explore the fundamentals of how the health of the soil is the most essential factor in determining the nutritional density, cleanliness, and vitality within the foods you eat. Gain a first-hand look at what happens to animals and human beings when consuming processed foods and what Weston A. Price's research showed very clearly all the way back in the late 30s. I share simple tips for optimal nutrition that anyone can easily use to greatly enhance their health and vitality. You will learn how to evaluate your bowel movements and what adjustments to make to get your microbiome balanced and fully functional. And this ancient practice works as well today as it did long ago. And kids love learning to read their poops, making it more fun for them to practice being healthy and vital. Learn what food intolerance is, how it begins, and how inflammation of the gut system commonly leads to core dysfunction and greatly increased risk of injury when exercising or doing work that requires a functional body. Explore how to remove toxins from your body, your environment, and decrease the burden on your body so you look and feel better. Understand the relationship between the check six foundation principles and body-mind stress. You will learn how to apply the six check Foundation principles, nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, thinking, and movement to balance your body systems so you can exemplify well-being. Identify common roadblocks to success with diet and lifestyle modifications and gain simple solutions. Discover how and when to use the less is more principle of exercise prescription and how to use my work in exercise system to increase life force energy quickly and easily. When you realize how easy it is to harmonize your body, emotions, and mind, recover from stress faster, and deepen your spiritual practices, you'll be amazed. Work and exercises are so simple, anyone can do them, and they are as powerful as they are simple. If you are ready to have Angie Check and I personally guide you so you can create optimal health and well-being for yourself, your family, and so you can be an inspiration to everyone you know, I'd like to offer you a $25 discount on this important online training program, which you can get by going to chek.group, that's chek.group forward slash L number four D H L C number one. That's check.group forward slash L number four D H L C number one. Get your $25 discount by using the code L four D H L C one on checkout. This special offer ends August 1st, 2023. Enjoy HLC one. I designed that course so that anybody that's ready to be healthy can do it, wear it, and share it. Lots of love. Yeah, you, you, you made me a believer in it. I got my smoke set up. I'm, I'm not quite up to the, to, to, the, to the bag competency you're at, but we're growing. Yeah, well, it just takes practice. You know, you just experiment a lot. 
it's always having the right heat, the right amount of herbs, and the right amount of moisture. That's the trick. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning the process, and, and it's been really wonderful. As a as a, I, I really captured the essence of what the native tradition of having a sacred smoke with, yes, with, with people. And now, is. now my, I, I bring people into the house and I sit them down and make them a smoke and we'll maybe get some tea and, yeah. and we go through this whole process. And what's miraculous about it, whatever is going on in people's life, it just tends to float right up to the surface and you get really deep with people yeah. really quick. Yes. And it's a wonderful experience. And yeah. uh, I, a, I've had so many good con- in, in, in intense intense connections with people yeah. uh, in that process. It's a safe is, level of intimacy for it's, anybody. It's really great. And um, so as a testament to that, I, I want to share that, you know, you initiating me in a little of that and me doing that now, uh, carrying on that tradition uh, has added a lot to the relationships of my life, uh, all of the relationships of my life. And people will come in and like, what are you doing? You're, you're smoking bags. I'm like, yeah, but I'm running marathons, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say that to me too. Yeah. Because people think I'm a health fanatic, you know, and I, and I say, listen, you know, I, I, my smoke is as clean as it can possibly get. It's the least invasive, least toxic way. But it's, uh, it, again, it goes back to the wheel, right? It's, you know, y- you, you have to live or being healthy becomes a fanaticism and it burns you out. Correct. You and, and and also you're coupling it. Like, for example, we, we got here, we did the sauna first. Yeah. We did a cold therapy. Yeah. We had a nice meal. Yeah. Uh, we had some smoke. We drank some tea. Yeah. And then we get into the process. And I've been duplicating that in my own house. Like I have a, a HOCAT detoxification system I get into, or I'll use the sauna sometimes and then uh, go through that process. And, and, and it's, and it becomes really inviting. And then what I find is guests want to, they want to add their elements to it sure. and they bring their best stuff to yes. it. And you really celebrate living. <laughs> you should see the things people bring me. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Some of them need to be kept for very special occasions. Indeed. <laughs> it's funny though. You know, when, once people realize that safety share, then everybody wants to, you know, contribute to the sacramental uh, offerings. But yeah, no, you know, I think this brings up a, a nice point as we're kind of closing out. And that is really that being healthy isn't fanaticism and being healthy means you have to have four doctors. You got to know what creates happiness for you and, and be willing to do it. And you've got to move your body enough to keep yourself healthy or, or to be fit enough to do whatever your dream is. I mean, you know, when you're training for a bodybuilding competition, it's very different than when you're going to run a marathon. And it's very different than the amount of shape you need to keep on you just to run your business on a day-to-day basis and, and just be a healthy guy. But if you if you made your life so it was always at the level of discipline you had to do to have to compete in Mr. Universe, you'd have burnt out a long time ago. Indeed. You probably ended with all sorts of addictions just to deal with the stress of coping. Indeed. Yeah, that that's really, really self-evident. And that's one of the reasons I came back last year at my 50th. Yeah. Uh, I came back and decided to go do a bodybuilding contest, a few bodybuilding contests, which was fun. I went to the world championships. was great. And then I went... And then I knew going into this book, well, people would say, well, Wade, you've been lifting weights and training and dietary practice, you know, for 35 years on, you know, I started at 15. Well, of course that's easy for him. I'm like, fair enough argument. Yeah. I think that's a legitimate argument. So I thought, well, 
well, how about I go do something that bodybuilders aren't supposed to do? And I'm going to start training for a marathon. So I started training for a marathon immediately after the Mr. Olympia and learned a lot in that whole journey. It was a, an outcome-oriented goal because I wanted to have a, a way to push my cardiovascular health into an optimal level. And now I'm I'm uncoupling from the damage of the marathon yep. because that was a push. Pushing as the business, we went to the Inc. 500, then yep. we're doing the bodybuilding, and then I did the endurance training. And now I'm in that regenerative phase coming back full circle yes. before we start advocating what's in the book. And there's the ohm cycle. Yes. What What's my dream? Yes. Spring. The work of doing it. And that's where you hit the antithesis, the challenges of yes. discipline, the challenges of completion the challenges of self-management the challenges of of um managing the relationships that are necessary to manage so that you can stay focused then the fruit okay now i've done it and then the rest but yes. one of the problems that westerners have particularly americans is they skip the rest phase yes they go what's my dream i'm doing it i've succeeded i'm going to do a new dream i'm going to torture myself i'm going to do it I've got the, I'm going to do a new dream. And so there's yes. no rest. And so what you end up is you see people like we talked about earlier, athletes that maybe make it to the Olympics once, but then they burn out yes. or they are a top pro for a couple of years and they're real famous in their news, but then they're injured all the time and then yep. their career's over, right? Yep. Because they don't understand the ohm cycle is the foundation of life itself. And if you go against it, well, it's like this. You think you can go against a tidal wave? Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Well, you're going against the entire universe if you go against Ohm. <laughs> yes. I think the universe is undefeated, too. It's undefeated. <laughs> it's undefeated. It's the undefeated all-time winner. In fact, it's older than time itself, probably. <laughs> uh, just to close up, what's, what's important to share now? I mean, your book's coming out. You guys are always... <laughs> I never can stop being amazed with how many you know, new products and new technologies and upgrades you do on the product. I, I want to give a shout out to my business partner, Matt Galan, who's a, an extreme driving force in the innovation uh, of uh, a lot of the company directives and uh, finding ways to really get really great people at what they do and, and putting them all together to, to do amazing things. As I indicated earlier, uh, we developed a lot of the technological aspects of the company with our tech team, which is world-class at what they do, as well as we have a microbiology department. Both are in uh, Bosnia, and that allows us to do experiments that really very few supplement companies have the capabilities of doing. So when people talk about the book is an oversight beyond the supplement company because so many people will see Matt and myself and they see us as the you know the executives or the founders of a of a supplement company and they think that's the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to I've always communicated this is that well the supplements are in addition to right. these lifestyle principles. Yeah. And so the book is a composite of okay how do I determine my basic physiology, leveraging both science and observation. And then what journey would I like to go on next? Yeah. And we outline almost like a twist the plot book. You don't have to read the whole 550 pages. It's got 60 pages of uh, research citing uh, that was performed by Natha, a PhD that works with us and you know that has the discerning capabilities of what's good science, what's bad science, that sort of stuff. 
and then putting it not in a way, hey, do what Wade does or do what Matt does. Do what's your next journey. How do you optimize that using biohectology, lifestyle stuff, the right supplementation, the right detoxification pathways, all of that. And then to inspire people that whatever age they might be, wherever they might be on that continuum of their health, is that, yeah, there's still time to live your best life in this moment. You can't you can't change the past, but you can change your relation to the past and what that means as you move forward yeah. into into, a, into a, what I call healthy aging, living your best life as you age so that you can share those insights, both the things that worked and the things that didn't to help make it a little better for you know the generations to come in your intimate environment and even on a more grander scale. And that's what the, the idea of the book is. Uh, I think you just created a new word there. What's that? Biohactology. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if that's in the dictionary. I don't even know if Dave Asprey's come up with that one. You know, I thanked Dave uh, recently in a podcast that we did because I, I realized that as a I, I moved to where I moved to, part of the influence was as I got to go to his biohacking center. I go to upgraded labs all the time, great staff over there. I get to go to Gold's Gym, the dream, the gym I dreamed of. I I get to be at Venice Beach put my feet in the sand and jump in the ocean that I used to see Arnold and pumping iron and all those things. And I get to go to Irwan, a great, uh, you know, store. And so if I run, I, I run into our clients and friends all the time. I love that. If so, if you see me at one of those places, please interrupt my workout or interrupt <laughs> me at the grocery. I love hearing those stories. It's really wonderful to see the transformative aspects of some of the products and services that we've offered to people over the years is making a difference. And it inspires us. In fact, we read all of those testimonials each and every week to our entire staff so that no matter what part of the company they're involved in, they're realizing that they're on a mission and they're making a difference in the world for people. Yeah, And that's exciting. Uh, From the science side, I want to illustrate this. Right now, uh, what's happening for all nutrition companies, I don't know if they're aware, the... um, the FTC and the FDA have kind of teamed up to put a, a broad-based um, proof element to does your products and services work. It's, it's very complex and it's very directive. And we're meeting all of those standards, which are very difficult. And I, I'm, I'm concerned that a lot of supplement companies that don't have the resources that we have are going to be able to survive in this. So I encourage people to support whatever companies they have that they trust and they value and that are making a difference in their life to really, you know, continue to double down on that because they're making a difference. For us, um, one of the things that we've been able to do is is to take, evaluate the raw elements. So when you make a product as a supplement company, and this is a little, I'm going to tip my hand to everybody of how you develop, uh, you know, the best in class products. Most people just go by lab assays. So it says it doesn't have these toxins or it has this percentage of an active ingredient. Well, if you have a lab like we do, you can actually test that to see if those elements are active in your microbiome, if they're actively getting delivered inside the cell. Yeah. And turns out it's not intuitive. Turns out that uh, something that might say it has 15% of the active element versus something that's 100%, well, you think, well, the 100% element's going to be better. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So we've been able to systematically improve every single formula that we have, as well as uh, cultivate new frontiers and development with some of the products that we're set to release over the next uh, couple of years. Uh, some breakthroughs from my own training in, in regards to fat metabolisms coming, 
Uh, we have some stuff on sleep. We also have a, a, a wide variety of uh, cognitive enhancement products uh, through our sub-brand Newtopia, which is really exciting. And having a great research team that, and we always have a policy is, like, well, let's get out of the realm of opinions and theories and let's test it. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we have everything's tested in our own labs as well as what happens in the lab assay. And then we have a testing group. People can join that. It's a bio tribe where our preliminary products, we actually put them out to people who are using them and get their direct feedback. Our last formula, I think, was 55 iterations based on not just on the lab science, but also what was the experience of our bio tribe members to give us the feedback. And we tweaked that out so that we could find the specifics to affect the broadest amount of people possible, yes. mm-hmm. coupled with everything that we do. Everything we do has a money-back guarantee. We are acutely aware that you know resources and your, and your, how you expend those specifically for your health or your supplements. I really value people continuing on with their own experience. So the book is to give you some ideas of how to go about that in your own discovery. Second, products that you can trust that meet the standards and exceed maybe anything that you've had. And then the third piece is, hey, guess what? If for whatever reason any of this didn't work for you, no problem. We're going to re- return those, that money to you. We would appreciate your feedback because that goes into our development, into our cognitive, uh, you know, uh, data data set, set mm-hmm. that allows us to make better decisions, better iterations, and yeah. better development. So we're always continuing improving. It's never ending. The Conine principle, constant and never ending yeah. improvement. Yes. And uh, we really value the feedback from our practitioners, from our clients, and for the people that give us that feedback. And thankfully, the internet is a great source of that. We have a, a amazing staff. Our customer service staff is real people, not artificial intelligence. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying artificial intelligence is bad or good. That's a topic that's you know outside of my capabilities. I'm not an expert in those things, and we're, that's an increasing pressure. To, you see all these layoffs that are happening because people in customer service and, and customer care are being replaced by machines. Yeah, and for us, we've kept our customer support and our sales staff as real people who actually listen to our customers. We yep. take that feedback. And provide an energetic connection to our clients so that they can feel our products. We hear their feedback, positive or negative, and we honor them for their contribution to us attempting to help people live a stronger and longer life. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, we saw what's happened since COVID, how they got rid of any natural product that would actually work over uh, across the board, right? And, you know, of course, as a supplement manufacturer, they've been trying to lower the uh, doses you can have of any vitamins, et cetera. My concern is that they're going to use companies like you to do sound research to prove their products work so they know exactly which ones to get rid of. It's a real possibility. It sucks. It's something that we certainly face. We've talked about it as as an executive team in our company. We inform everybody in our company and recognize that uh, these are evolutionary pressures for both people in the natural food products in the natural supplement products that we have to address. We're prepared to the best of our ability to meet all of those challenges on the legal side, on the proof side, the combination of elements. We have studies going on uh, 
that we're advocating both uh, outside of the United States and inside of the United States with uh, human studies. And so uh, if, if anybody's going to stand the test of time, well, we're committed to that process and we're putting everything that we can in place to be able to provide those services to people because it matters. It makes yeah. a difference. And it's going to take people with your commitment to the truth to possibly end up in courts of law with lawyers defending the truth through real science to say, you can't just tell us not to use this stuff because you can't outlaw nature. You can't outlaw health. But the little guys like me won't have the resources to, you know, go to the battlefield where that kind of stuff plays out because, you know, I've talked to and interviewed and know the CEOs of many major corporations, even in your own field. And some of these lawsuits they've had to go through are extremely expensive and long. You know, I talked to Selena. Selena, who owns Selena Naturally, that used to be the Grain and Salt Society, and the crap that they've thrown at them with salts and all the regulations and the money they have to pay, it's unbelievable. And all the lawsuits she's had to go through just to protect her right to sell salt against major corporations that don't want competition from little corporations. And it's just, it's a real David and Goliath show, you know, we... But the point I'm making is, is I'm glad you guys are doing this because it's only going to be the companies like you that have the muscle to stand up for the rest of us to protect our ability to be healthy. Yeah, and that's part of uh, you know why uh, we're in support of your podcast. Thank you, because uh, we have to we have to fight that fight for our wisdom keepers to be able to disseminate the wisdom yep. and we have to be out there on the battlefield and, and, and engage in the preservation of the truth and the advocation of the truth yeah. and to encourage us. And I would say this, the good news is the universe is undefeated <laughs> and we do our best to align with the universal energy. So I believe even though, whatever the listener might be facing, whatever the obstacles they might be facing, the tests that they're in, the trial they're having, that decision point as they move into the next season. Uh, rest assured, this isn't the first time this has happened on this no. plane of existence. It's not the last time. And I always say that the challenges that you're facing, facing is an invitation from divinity itself to discover aspects that lie within you that you may not have cultivate it and developed and sometimes a little bit of pressure goes a long way and i've been a resistance trainer for my whole life and i'll continue to to stand up against the resistance and eventually the resistance will take me out and that's the nature and but it won't take out my soul my no it's got my body but it won't get my soul as the gray hall and oats said <laughs> yeah well you know the the uh the other thing too is when the going gets tough the tough get going and I think today, this is one of the reasons we've all got to be, as Aubrey Marcus would say, fit for service, because we all have to support each other in protecting the truth, the truth of health, the truth of the environment, the truth of, of real supplementation versus designer drugs made by drug companies uh, that are supposed to fix what you can't fix without living healthy. Um, so it's it's very important for us all to be fit for service and be tough enough to stand our ground and protect our sovereignty and our freedoms and our rights as human beings first and foremost and as citizens of a nation and as citizens of 
of of a world and as um, expressions of nature. And uh, anybody that tries to sell you on on something else is trying to sell you on something that is not um, congruent with reality. And whenever you depart from reality, you create illusions. And illusions are never sustainable because an illusion doesn't interface with reality. So it has definitely got a, a much shorter shelf life than than reality does. Indeed, indeed. So if people want to know more, they can uh, pre-order the book. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out, The Ultimate Nutrition Bible. It'll be out this fall with Hay House. Where's the best place to pre-order it? Well, they can go to our website or they can go on to any of the sites because Hay House is already taking pre-orders. We're not going to actively start promoting till later this year. We're going through our, uh, I would say that, that winter phase, now that we've got it all done, we've got a couple of little events to get done. And then Matt and I are supercharging ourselves as we get ready for the big charge uh, this fall as we go out there and, and, and start banging the drum and blowing the, the horns and getting out there and, and really um, inviting all of the, the warriors that are out there helping people in this health thing, the, the practitioners, the nutritionists, the, the people who are trying to make the best choices for their children and their, and their, their aging parents. Here's a way that you can systematically get started, get going, and recognize there's a lot of different journeys for a lot of people, and we want to invite them to, uh, to support that cause. And yeah. if we can help them do a little better in their life, then everybody wins. Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you. And thank you for Bioptimizers and everything you guys are doing. Um, it's really, for me, it's very important that I only have partners as sponsors that are 100% aligned with my values for the same reasons that, that you live that way. And so thanks to all the sponsors and thank you guys all for anything you buy from the sponsors. Not only does it support your health and vitality, it supports the podcast. And um, I look forward to sharing more with you guys. And I hope you learned a lot today. We covered a lot of really important stuff. And right now is the time to be a health warrior, which means you got to take care of yourself because I don't think I need to tell you we got things to protect, including our children, including everything in nature, and including our freedoms and our rights, and that means each other. So lots of love. Look forward to sharing more with you next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Wade Lightheart. You can connect with Wade and Bioptimizers through Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bioptimizers. Check out Wade's podcast, The Awesome Health Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Living 4D listeners can save 10% on all Bioptimizers products by using the code PAUL10 at bioptimizers.com forward slash shop. In particular, Paul recommends that you try Magnesium Breakthrough, a full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash living4d and use the same promo code PAUL10. That's magbreakthrough.com forward slash living, the number four, the letter D, and the promo code is PAUL10. You can find Paul on Instagram and TikTok at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living4d with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com or visit the Czech Institute site at checkinstitute.com to find Paul's e-learning courses, advanced training programs, and to learn more about the Czech Academy. You can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash 
podcast. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our sponsors, Bioptimizers, Paleo Valley, and Organifi. Please show your appreciation by taking advantage of their special discounts for listeners. The links are in the show notes page. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts.